uh-oh, we got ourselves in trouble. We decided to be two women who deconstructed Mormonism and looked out into the world and we saw what was going on. We read some history books. We collaborated on some videos and we had opinions. We had opinions and four Mormon slash Christian men uh, on Mormon book reviews did not like what we had to say very much. Well, you guys know my pal Lindsay here. We're back at it again. Hey. Hey. All right. We're going to be responding to a video by Mormon Book Reviews over on their channel. They uh, had some things to say about the things that we've had to say. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Mormon History Hoedown, everybody. If there's any way, if anyone knows a fun way to talk about Israel and Palestine in a way where uh, egos are not involved and we're just trying to bring humanity into the into the conversation and equation, please leave your comments below. But uh, Lindsay, are you excited to uh, jump on this live stream with me right now and respond to this video? I am so excited. I've been waiting all day. It's got me through the work day. I'm thrilled. I can't, I cannot wait to see what they had to say about our response video. <laughs> yeah, I have not watched it. And Lindsay has watched a bit of it. But I can tell you from the description on it, they did equate us uh, being anti-Zionist, that it being so strange that when people are anti-Zionist, that they are supporters of Hamas. If you read the description on the video, I got that far. And I said, yeah, mm, I guess you didn't listen to all the seven hours that we were, no, four hours that we did. I thought we did a great job explaining our perspectives. I'm not, but I watched this a, a little, little bit before I was like, no, nah, wait, I am not convinced that they watched any of it. I think they just know we did a response and that's all right, so I should I should tell the audience first and foremost that my name is Nuanto Kara Burrell, and if you see a video floating around that says responding to Nuanto, know that it's probably not really that much of a response. But if you see this video where it has a thumbnail that has this this Mormon Palestinian Zionist man, and it has my thumbnail that says what he has been saying in the video that we responded to last time where he has been saying that we should pay that we cannot pay attention to Palestinian children if we do not pay equal if not more attention to Israeli children it's the Israeli children that's your ticket into the door you got to care about them to the utmost degree prove your worthiness that you care extremely about them and then we can talk about Palestinian children as if this is just like some kind of I don't know wash of a game where we like I don't know, barter our empathy around. I hate it already. Yeah, how, <laughs> how many Palestinian kids are worth an Israeli kid? That that's really the game that yeah. he wants to play, and I'm not comfortable with that game. Yeah, I'm not comfortable with that game. That's why it's going to be a very interesting response video. We can go for as long as you guys want to sit here and and, and hang out with us. Uh, I already got one super chat that is super helpful. Thank you so much, Joe. Joe wrote. 
You are amazing. Keep up the killer content and beautiful vibes. Thanks. You're always funny and so smart. Thank you so much. That absolutely helps the channel out so much. I also have a fundraiser going on right now. The link is in the bio. I'm trying to get some new equipment in here. I have a 501c3 nonprofit now. So everything's tax deductible in the United States. So uh, super chats are awesome. Venmos are awesome. And then donating to that fundraiser link in bio. Sorry. I mean, link in description would be amazing. So where do you want to take us first, Lindsay, since you have watched this and we haven't, should we just jump into the beginning? Do you think we should uh, review anything we went over on our last videos? What do you have to say? Yeah, I think, I think we should just, just a refresher for people who are tuning in, who maybe saw some of the episodes we did or part of the episodes, maybe you didn't catch the third one, maybe you only saw the third one. Um, they start off with an intro about like, hey, we have to establish the groundwork before we get going. And so I want us to just, just a real rough and dirty, um, we were talking about Zionism, how we've deconstructed Zionism. We talked about what Hamas did, why is it terrorism, how did that affect people, separating Hamas from Palestinians, because that's not the same thing. We know how Venn diagrams yeah. work. And so it's not one complete circle. And so then uh, this man, Jabra, went on your friend's podcast, uh, Mormon Book Reviews, I believe, yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he is a Palestinian. Uh, he was raised Christian. So he's never been Muslim, but he's a Palestinian Christian who converted to Mormonism and moved to Utah. And so we responded to some of his critiques where he said, yeah, that we need to care more about Israeli lives than Palestinian lives. He said that all Palestinian groups, all political groups are the same as Hamas. We can't take them seriously. He, um, in not so many words, said that he, his words that Arab people are, they have to be in charge. They want a theocracy, things like that. And so we talked about how there aren't humans that are better at democracy and worse at democracy inherently and just responded to his exact words. Um, that is not mm -hmm. going to what they do. But that's okay. That's okay. Um, we're yeah. here for any response. And yeah, so I just think it's important to set the groundwork. Oh, one more thing. Um, in the beginning, they very much established that Everything that we're talking about is because of October 7th and something that that we have talked about extensively is that the history of Israel and Palestine didn't start. On did October not start 7th. on October 7th. Yeah, it'd be really even if it did. <laughs> but no. Yeah, no, that this didn't start on October 7th. So if you just started tuning in October 7th, a lot of the arguments that Jabra makes might be compelling to you because that was your first introduction into these groups and this geopolitical issue. And mm -hmm. so, so they really want to just keep pulling you back to October 7th after we have spent hours and hours and hours explaining the really complicated history of this region and of different ethnic groups, different religious groups, different cultural groups. And mm -hmm. so they really just want to focus on October 7th. So um, yeah, I, I don't, I, I, um, I, I honestly don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with people who don't want to actually debate face to face, which is the most ironic thing in the world. Cause I, as, as much as people might think that I'm just like, you know, 
a mean bitchy person on the internet. I swear to God, I'm a sweetheart. I'm the nuance though. Um, I truly, I don't really believe in debating people. I believe that that usually comes down to people just trying to score points for, for ego reasons. And this is one of the most important topics that ever could be discussed. And Jabra did comment on that video. And he said, I am the Palestinian man that you are speaking about. I bet you are not, I bet you don't have the courage to debate me face to face. And it's just like, even that attitude coming at me a little bit like, well, you don't have the courage. And so that's really ironic because I wrote back. I was very nice. I said, you can come on with me and Lindsay on my show yeah. anytime. We will treat you very well. We will ask questions. We will be interested in your point of view. We will go back and forth. And here is my email. That was about a week and a half ago. No email. And then he goes on Steve's channel to go do this. And so since I was even back when I was a conservative, I've always had a problem with people who are like, debate me, debate me. And then they don't <laughs> actually debate, debate your ideas. They they debate no. a straw man. They debate an, a straw man of another idea. And it's like, I'm right here. I'm literally right here. I said I would talk to you. So since Jobber didn't want to do that, we'll just respond to their, their kind of non-response to our actual response to what they said. Because we did take the words that came out of their mouth. Somebody was mentioning in the chat, uh, did he really say that? That's on the thumbnail. And I can play the clip right now of what he said. I just quoted it earlier. But I do. I truly know what it's like to be taken out of context. I know what it's like yeah. to be misunderstood. I don't like to do that. I don't want to do that to other people. It is, it is petty. It doesn't win me anything. So if I misrepresent anything that anyone says, they have every right to to you know, come back and say, oh, I didn't mean to say that, or let me rephrase it. The problem is, is yes, we did talk about everything that they said in that video, but uh, they just doubled down from what I can tell on what their points were. They didn't respond. They didn't like actually uh, care to, to engage with the ideas in a thoughtful manner where I hope that we were trying to do it as thoughtfully as possible. Yeah, no, and that was, that was maybe my, when I was like, ah, I'll just wait, let's talk with Kara, let's do a response is they didn't play any clips that we said like that that was we played their clips of their points and then responded to them and that that's what a response video is is people say words and you respond to the things that they said <laughs> and they, i don't know if they didn't know how so that worked that was not really the vibe they were going for so i don't know what i'm gonna do did not respond as far as I saw the, the few minutes I saw did not respond to anything we said or any position we took. Mm, so we're in for just debunking some kind of straw man, some kind of like ethereal type of anti-Zionist pro Hamas terrorist supporter yeah. woke liberal that they have concocted in their mind. Uh, that's not yeah, actually reflective I, of me, but will be fun to kind of still, still, talk about and tear down because anytime where there's tropes i am like you know hot on that fire to yeah. talk about actually wait wait like that's a trope let's actually engage in this conversation we're talking about war we're talking about one of the most important things that's going on in the world and probably in our lifetime yeah. right now let's get down to the brass tacks guys yeah i say let's address what's really being said i'm all about let's let's talk about what is really being said so yeah we want to jump into it it's going to be an adventure. All right. So uh, any other further introductions? Of course, Lindsay runs Socialistly Awkward. You've seen her on my channel with my three Israel-Palestine videos. You know her. You love her. Uh, follow her on all of the platforms. 
And I guess without further ado, we can just jump into the beginning of it. Reassembled the team. Uh, gentlemen, uh, welcome back to the program. Of course, what brought us together initially was maybe not the best thing, obviously, the great tragedy of the war in Israel. And uh, I really feel like I've told people that, um, you know, first I showed up on uh, Nehemiah's program, Nehemiah's wall, the morning of the war broke out, rolling out of bed next thing you know, in my pajamas, basically, talking to Nehemiah as, the, as he had been in the, the bomb shelter a few times already that day. And so uh, I also, I just think it's really important that, that we remember why we got together for these conversations and why these conversations are happening. That this nihilistic death cult attacked the sovereign state of Israel, slaughtered women and children, kidnapped them, and, and committed unspeakable atrocities that we have not seen since the Holocaust. All right. I have a lot to say. Lindsay, do you want to go first? Sure. I, again, like I said, they really want to ground this in October 7th yep. and only October 7th. So, um, and, and like, we can absolutely say what happened October 7th was horrific. Just full stop. Um, but, but starting there is, like I said before, dishonest. Like, like if, if, again, we're grounding everything that comes next with just that one event, it, it would be like looking at 9-11 and taking that as a starting mm -hmm. point of U.S. history. It, it's not an intellectually honest way of approaching this topic. Especially when they're like, what? remember what brought us all together was the horrible things that uh, Hamas did, these atrocities, and we can all say unequivocally, like, Hamas committed horrible things, did horrible things, but also by the same token, we can, we can also hold that. Like we've been talking about, we can hold that and say, yes, they did those things. Okay. But now since October 7th, more and more coverage has come out and we have seen things that have been inflated. Israeli's own news media has, uh, you know, done different propagandizing tools to, uh, change what actually happened on that day into something that kind of gives them this hall pass of atrocities that could fill a library have been committed that you wouldn't even understand. And that's why we get to go and have this indiscriminate bombing campaign. And so now that the, the levels um, and the scales have been tipped and we know that exaggerations have been made and now we have, what are we up to 20,000? innocent civilian Palestinians dead and some of the most horrible atrocities that it's like, it's like a Hamas attack every single day on the Palestinian people. I don't think I, that's, I, was, yeah. I don't think that's even a simplification. I don't think that's an exaggeration. No. I think that no. what happened on October 7th was a horrible day and what's happened to the Palestinians every day since innocent Palestinians, children, 50% of Gaza, what 2.5 million people who live there being uh, forced out of their homes, having nowhere to go, starvation, having uh, no hospitals, amputations happening with, uh, you know, no anesthesia, right? So well, every single yeah. day is an atrocity <laughs> that the Palestinians exactly. are, are facing. I, I think it's very important to place their conversation in time, because if this was a conversation they were having two months ago, it might be a different conversation. This is a conversation yeah. they had on December exactly. 19th. 2023. That's so they still want to go back to October 7th, which yes, that was horrific. Full stop. On every single scale, what Israel has done now is 
more horrific on every single measure. Like, like by every single measure of what is happening to these people, it is worse. But they, they aren't, they aren't grounding that in anything in space or time or ratios or what is happening. And so, again, at this point, it is very, I feel like, intellectually disingenuous to still harken back to October, October 7th without talking about what is happening today, what happened yesterday, what has been happening for the past two months, because that matters too, and that has to be part of the conversation if you are interested in actually having a conversation. Yeah, it's well said. If you're actually interested in having a conversation, it's intellectually honest to talk about what has happened since October 7th. Like, so. Okay, that's that's, that's the starting point. That's what we need to remember, okay? So I think that's important that we have this perspective. Now, Aww. recently, my friend, and she is my friend, oh, Sarah Burrell, who does the YouTube channel uh, Nuance Hope, I had a guest on, and they decided to uh, basically take on Jabra. Um, they 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 had opinions that they wanted to give about Jabra. Jabra, uh, and and Kara actually mentioned to me, she said, "Yeah, I, we have some issues with that Jabra guy one time." And I was thinking, <laughs> "Well, have you watched all my stuff on Israel?" And I don't know if she did, and I don't know if she's watched all, all of my episodes, I doubt it, but I think that what we've done on this program, talking to all the different voices that we've talked to, I think we've made a very important contribution to the dialogue and the conversation to hear a lot of different voices. Love you, Steve. Thanks, man. Me and uh, me and Steve just uh, became pals recently, so there's uh, no ill will uh, toward him, towards him whatsoever. He runs this podcast, and he does bring on a lot of different voices. And I appreciate him for that. But by the same token, I doubt that he or Jabra have watched, you know, all of the hours talking about Israel and Palestine that we have done. And, you know, mm -hmm. no, I have not watched everything that Jabra has done, but I, I did watch that video that we responded to. And there was enough in 20 minutes that we filled up two hours of talking that I edited down sure. to like 30 minutes. So what I it's saw was, was enough. It's a response video. <laughs> I don't, I don't have to like date you to do a response video. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know. I will take things at face value. Yeah. It's a response video. Then did my master's degree in something called applied economics at BYU. And my PhD is in something called evaluation inquiry measurement. And uh, uh, so it's educational inquiry measurement and evaluation, which is a mix of qualitative and quantitative research background. And I specialized in something called learning theory with a focus on how people belong to communities, which involved a lot of studying of immigration, geopolitics, you know, even business management and all sorts of things. My, my dissertation defense committee had people from five different fields in it. Okay. So, but yeah, that's what my PhD training is. is so I want, I, now we all know Dr. Nehemia Gordon and the contributions he's made, and he's a legend, he's the GOAT. I wanted the audience to know <laughs> a little bit of Jabra and Jason's, because I really feel that we, the people that we have brought to the table here, come here with some, some uh, with some, you know, the, we're not, you're not just throwing out spitballing opinions here. You guys have put a lot of thought into your, your this whole thing, and you know the Middle East situation very well. Uh, many, all of you have lived in the Middle East. Uh, Jabra, you were born, you know, I mean, your, your, your family's from born, born, lived in, let me see. If, I was born in Kuwait and lived in five different Arab countries. Yeah, and, and they, your family originally was from Bethlehem, but because Bethlehem, of the Six Day War, yeah. 
dad yeah. was in Kuwait, so he, 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 so then you became uh, citizens of Jordan, right? He, well, yeah. My when my father left in '59 on his way out, he made the wise decision to get Jordanian citizenship. And yeah. wasn't it for that Jordanian citizenship after '67 we would have ended up, you know, being without any passport or anything. Okay. So yeah. So and can I ask a question here? So you you said you were born in Kuwait. Kara, yes. Did you, were you ever a Kuwaiti citizen? Yes, my dear. Oh, I was going to say, no, I was just saying thank you for speeding it up. <laughs> the introductions are getting long. I'll have to cut yeah. this out later. So, so far in the introduction, we have them talking about their backgrounds, their PhDs in different Middle Eastern studies. Jabba talking about where he was born and moving around the Middle East. And as you mentioned earlier, never Muslim, but Christian. And then eventually yeah, never, converted to and Mormonism. Never lived in, went to BYU. Never lived in Israel or Palestine. He was born and raised in Kuwait. That is an important distinction. So right there in the introduction, I feel like they uh, are doing what what is necessary, which is good of like, we're not just throwing around opinions here. These are some people who have really thought about this for a long time. He's talking about his panelists and everything, which I absolutely respect if I wanted to yeah. have a discussion about what my tightly held beliefs were as well, I would also assemble an Avengers of three pro-Israel, pro-Zionist yeah. Latter-day Saints or Christians as yeah. well. It just, my my thought process goes, we have biases. We all do. The first question that I asked um, Steve when I was on his show was, because he, he, he was talking about how he just wants to have discussions. He wants to hear all sides. And I said, okay, let me get to know you. What are your biases? And I just asked him that straight up. And he's like, oh, I've never been asked that before. I was like, you could ask me, what are my biases? I'll tell you my biases all day long. Yeah. It looks like genocide, walks like genocide, talks like genocide. I don't want any part of your genocide. <laughs> I, have, I have biases like that. I have biases all day long and I could tell you about them. So that just kind of is my instinct when he's talking about bringing on these Avengers of people who have have these really strong backgrounds, but he also has a, they also have very strong backgrounds and things that um, are only going to favor one side. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, if if you have committed your entire scholarship to Israeli studies, I'm sure he's I'm sure he knows far more than I do about Israeli studies, but you are also going to have like you said, biases about that perspective. And that just like any other person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially if you uh, have a certain education in one place, how many conservatives are like your damn liberal uh, universities? I'm like, there's also plenty of universities that will give you a real heap of Zionist uh, propaganda down your mouth hole. So uh, as we've mentioned in our other videos, we go deep into the history of Zionism, and I think we'll get into it a little bit more here. But uh, just as a quick qualifier, why don't we just go ahead and mention on the top of the program as much as we can as well that no, not as in a in opposition to what they say in this video and also in their description, no Zionism is uh, it's not just. Uh, this monolith idea that all Jews all believe in and that if you oppose Zionism, then you are an anti-Semite and you hate Jews. Um, I'm sure there, there's definitely people out there and they have a whole um, list of things that they they uh, have a bigotry towards. But I think generally speaking, I can, I can at least only speak for me. I know for sure 
that if you can study the history of Zionism, you can separate it very easily um, as understanding the the secular state that it was that it was started as, and to think of Jews as an entire monolith of all one idea, all of them thinking that yeah. they they want to have this be their homeland. The homeland is such an ambiguous region of land. Um, Palestinians have lived there for many a more generations. It's a very, very complicated situation, but to boil it all down to saying that to oppose this apartheid state, to oppose this occupation and oppose the things that Israel does in their right-wing government makes you hateful towards Jews. It's just like a big Newton for a brain. You just kind of turn it off the light switch and lobotomize so you don't have to engage with arguments. And uh, a lot of people in my comments left comments like that. And it's just like, you weren't listening? You weren't listening? You just, okay, I don't know. And it's, and it's, we also, I think it's very important to, again, reiterate that Zionism is a political and philosophical ideology, just like nationalism. Like if I if I'm talking about nationalism, I'm not attacking a religious group. Now, now I, I can center it in things like Christian nationalism or other types of nationalism, but just saying that I'm against nationalism doesn't mean I'm hateful towards exactly. a religious group or a cultural group. Like I, I think that's the thing that gets um the, the water gets muddied and some people like to muddy these waters, making it seem like Zionism is a religious belief that that you have that if you are attacking it, you're attacking that religion. It is a political and philosophical belief system. Simple as that. And as we know, there are plenty of very orthodox Jews, plenty of Jews themselves who are been anti-Zionists from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, some of the strongest yeah. opponents of uh, what Israel is doing in the Israeli, you know, state when people are like, oh, you don't want Israel to have a right to exist. That means therefore you want Jews to be wiped off the map because that is the only safe place that they will be. There are plenty of Jews who know that Israel is not a safe place for them to be because of the actions of this type of government that we're talking about. There's plenty of Jews who understand that as well. So I'm like, yeah. uh, is it, is it, is it bigoted to agree with Jews <laughs> that, that understand yeah. that from, from the way that they un- interpret their holy text, that it's actually not the right thing to do to uh, take this Palestinian land away. So anyway, all right, you're amazing. Let's keep playing it. <laughs> Nehemiah, that's a question. That's a very good question. So no Arab country. So if you're if you're a Palestinian and regardless of where you're born, no Arab country gives you a citizenship except Saudi and Iraq. They did it for a brief period and then they stopped. And so, yeah, no, actually to this day, so I have a brother who lives in the Emirates, who actually converted to Islam. And he lives in the UAE. And at age 62, they will have, the Emiratis might just say, okay, now you have to leave the country. At 62, they kick you out. When when I turned 17 in Kuwait, the Kuwaiti authorities basically said, okay, now you have to leave and you can't stay. So this is this is a very important thing to understand. Unfortunately, people who... You know, and I'm going to address that in my statement, but people who Ooh, talk about the Palestinian issue, they don't really know this, that Arabs would go out on the street marching, you know, death to the Jews, death to Israel, death to America. We want Palestine back and all of that stuff and say all these nice things about Palestinians. These are the same people who would not give you citizenship or allow you to become a citizen of their country, even though you're born there. You know, I once met this man. Wait, who, didn't he uh, just conflate two groups? Like, wasn't he saying the Palestinians? Arabs and Palestinians? Saying, well, he was just saying 
saying like these Arab countries won't give you citizenship and he said but the Palestinians were marching against Israel so again I feel like he's conflating groups again um and like again like distinctions are important in this discussion and I from our previous discussions I just feel like he he doesn't make these distinctions. He blends and blurs things that I think for sure get confusing. Yeah, and again, we're talking about such an important topic. Let's get our definitions down. Let's not straw man. Let's not conflate. Let's be really specific about what we're talking about. So much of this is a conflation between Hamas representing all Palestinians, and regardless of you know the what people want to conflate and how they want much muddying of the water that they want to do, and what has happened since October seventh, there is no excuse for you know, Israel to be going into the West Bank and shooting down no. innocent, what, 12-year-old no. civilians, people like that. Like, the what's happened in the West Bank that's not even controlled by Hamas. So it's like... Yeah, Hamas isn't get, even there. Get your, get, your distinction, get your distinctions down because it's very easy just to conflate all of these things. But if you actually are like, well, what happened in the news? What is actually happening on the ground? Do these actual events inform and help you categorize and make distinctions from which to draw your opinions from. Because that is what I'm also feeling he's not going to be doing. He's, he's not actually looking, okay, where where are these distinctions important so that I can draw an accurate opinion from them that like actually is substantiated by the most the most empathy, the most care for people regardless of where they come from. That's That's yeah. not, you know, that's not really where he's going with this. No, I don't. I don't think so either. A big wave of immigration into into Europe, and I met a man who came over with his wife from Sidon in Lebanon. He was born in Lebanon. His father was born in Lebanon, and his grandfather had been a refugee from the war in 1948 when Israel was founded. What we call the War of Independence. Yeah. What the Palestinians called the Nakba, and. He explained to me that in Lebanon, he wasn't a citizen, even though his father was born there, he was born there, or jobs he wasn't allowed to work, education, yeah. certain education he wasn't allowed to pursue. Yeah. And, and he was so excited to have come to Norway because he had a child that his wife was pregnant and the child was going to be born. And he was so proud that his child would finally have citizenship after exactly. 70 or so years of his family being refugees. And it wasn't Israel that kept him as a refugee for three generations. Exactly. It was Lebanon that kept him as a refugee for three generations. There are Palestinians who live in Israel, over a million, who are citizens, who have the right to vote, who have full rights, and they're actually the only Palestinians in the Middle East that actually have, actually the only Arabs, I think, in the Middle East, who have full Oh, we can pause this. Full, full oh right. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Did he just say? What did he say? I missed that last are part. You out of, are you out of your mind? Are you out of your mind? Ask any Palestinian in Israel right now how much their civil rights have been respected for the last I few generations. Say, Ask the Palestinians civil, in Israel how they're doing right now. Civil, mm, rights. civil rights for days, Kara. I, I, I cannot I mean, believe those words like, just came out. I was expecting. I, like, I was I, ex I, I, Full civil rights, Kara. Full civil rights. Except for they can't get. And again, this is for an American audience. Like, this is very clearly for an American audience because we think full civil rights means something very specific. And I talked about this when we talked yeah. about the last video, that they say that an American audience thinks of something that's not real because you can't get gay married in Israel. And they they were having, like, 
there have been multiple videos saying they have full civil rights. Palestinians are not being able to have access to the internet. They are being arrested for liking social media posts supporting Gaza. Yeah. They are being detained indefinitely. Like full civil rights. Like be so for real, bro. Like that is not be accurate so at all. Be so for real. But but they know that for an American audience, they're like, yeah, and that's not accurate at all. That is not accurate at all. There have been video after video, news story after news story about Palestinian citizens. So they are actually citizens of Israel and they are being arrested, detained, for yep. liking social media posts. How is that full civil rights? Explain like I'm five, how that's full civil rights. Please explain. Explain. Exactly. Um, couldn't say it better myself. Um, things could absolutely be different and you could make various nuanced arguments. But uh, if Israel is one thing, people, please, for the love of God, do not miss the distinction between Jewish religion, various different uh, interpretations and the ways that that is expressed and practiced. Okay. I don't even know how many there are. Okay. Ju Judaism, right? Yeah. Okay. That's one distinction. Yeah. Second one, Zionism. So many different distinctions of Zionism. So many different distinctions on what land they even feel like they're, they're claiming. All right. And then the other distinction between the Israeli government. Okay. The Israeli government is just like lots of other governments. They can be very corrupt. They can be very fascist and right wing as they are right now. They can be taking the most literal genocidal versions of their scriptures just like we don't want any other religion to do. We don't want, we don't want Muslims to take the most vicious interpretations of their scriptures. We don't want Christians to do that either. But with Netanyahu and this right-wing government that is calling the Palestinians, you know, children of darkness and that anyone who, uh, there's so many different ministers in the Israeli government today that have uh, been some of the most outrageous, uh, outspoken fascists. Uh, I don't mean that as like, I'm just like some liberal who just likes to throw on their own fascist. I mean that in the most like definitional sense of the word fascist saying things like uh, the, the, the Palestinians and any, anyone who says waves a Palestinian flag should be not alive on earth right now. So if this guy wants to say that, like, oh my gosh, Palestinians, what are you talking about? They have full equal rights in Israel right now. The, the actual government of Israel right now does not believe that they do not want that they do not practice that they have there's no semblance from a single like one of the top leaders of Israel right now that would agree with what he just said so what I'm seeing here is kind of like a let's shit on Arabs and Palestinians let's remember what happened October 7th let's also remember that we need to pay more attention to the Israeli babies than the Palestinian babies this is just like a lot more full force like Arab Palestinian bigotry than I was even prepared and buckled in for. And we are yeah. just getting started. Well, and I'm like, let's also be so for real again, where they're like, it's not Israel's fault that they don't have citizens. These Palestinian refugees don't have citizenship. Kara, if I come to your house and I kick you out of your house in the Nakba and murder mm -hmm. half your family and then kick you out of your house. And so now you're in another country and that other country is like, well, you can stay here, but you don't get to like, we're going to extend you rights. We aren't, like, this is a whole process. I don't know. Like, like your neighbors are like, I mean, you can stay at my house, but like, you're not part of our family exactly. You know, would I, would, would it be fair to be like, okay, but that was not Lindsay's fault. Lindsay didn't stop you from having citizenship in Jordan. Lindsay didn't stop you from having citizenship in your neighbor's house. That just was your neighbors being jerks. Lindsay had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Like, 
it's so again it's they're so myopically focused uh-huh. on one event like let's be so for real about why palestinians have struggled to have citizenship and i mean i'm really sorry if we're going to start like dogging on countries that don't just extend citizenship to everyone how about the u.s like i said when we talked about them before how about we turn some fingers around about how the u.s treats refugees and immigrants and people who come to this country or germany you don't get citizenship in Germany just for being born in Germany. Like, are we going to dog on Germany now too? Or do we only do it to Arab countries when we're trying to make a point? Yeah. And what is that point? Usually I don't, I, on a, here's my, my conspiracy theory of it just is in the culture. It is in our war machine of our U S culture that everything about who the enemy is, who we are to blame. It's whoever's the Brown non-Christian person in a foreign country who I would have to read way too much history to understand why they're doing the things that they're doing. (laughs) It's just, it's the least empathetic road that you could possibly take. And I do this ex Mormon work because I know what it's like to have a very dogmatic belief in one thing. And then give all of that up and be like, I'm could be wrong about everything. I could be wrong about a lot of the things I'm talking about today, but, uh, just for the love of all that is good and holy people, come on, like go with the least dogmatic, go with the least dogmatic take that you can go find the empathy road, find the curiosity road. Don't think that, you know, everything. I certainly don't. I'm here to be taught by Lindsay and my comment section. I am fully, I'm fully welcome to, I'm fully uh, interested in in, in learning as much as I can, uh, ongoing pursuit for knowledge. I am curious at all times, but I, there's certain things that are just categorically false, like that were just mentioned. So that, that really got me, my adrenaline peaked there. (laughs) That was, I, who, where is this going to go? Oh, where can we go from here? All right. I just want to, just so we remember. (laughs) Refugees. And it wasn't Israel that kept him as a refugee for three generations. Exactly. It was Lebanon that kept him as a refugee for three generations. There are Palestinians who live in Israel, over a million, who are citizens, who have the right to vote, who have full rights. And they're actually the only Palestinians in the Middle East that actually have, actually the only Arabs, I think, in the Middle East, who have full civil rights. I told Jason that just a few minutes ago. I know, I know. And, and that's the thing. Uh, and of course, in a short program like this, we can't talk, possibly talk about all the context that underlies it. But as I said, I've lived under several dictatorships and regimes in the Middle East. Uh, and you, as especially as a Christian Palestinian, you have extremely limited rights, extremely limited rights. And I've believed for a decade or so now, I mean, the knowledge came gradually. I was indoctrinated in the thinking, the anti-Israel Nakba thinking for many decades of my life. But I think September 11th woke me up a little bit, uh, reflecting on my life woke me up even more. And the recent events was like, okay, I just need to take this off of my chest and just say it out loud. Okay, well, Dr. Jabra, okay, yeah. so real quick, I just want to share with the audience real quick. Okay, so what Jabra's going to be responding to this episode that was on Nuance Hope, and uh, that's Kara Burrell. I love how many times I, I know that they're going to have to say Nuance Ho. I love that. I <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for choosing that name because every time that they have yeah. to say, have you noticed he kind of like nuanced them? Like he, he doesn't quite want to say it. They could call me Kara. There's no reason they can't. <laughs> Maybe they just enjoy this like excuse. Like when you're Mormon yeah. and you're like, oh, you're like nuanced. Oh. I had to say it. It's yeah. your name. It's your brand name. 
Uh, a quick sidebar here to that is I was on Foreman and Book Reviews maybe a month and a half ago, and uh, Steve was also on my uh, channel as well. And I, he's a gay evangelical who used to be an atheist. He's never been Mormon, but he's really interested in Mormonism. And so I, I had him when I was on his program, I said, I just want to use this as an opportunity. Ask me any hard question you want to, and I'll just answer off the cuff and see what I can come up with. I'm sick of talking about the same old stuff I always do. And so I asked him uh, some really hard questions about what substantiates his Christian belief. And we had a great back and forth. And so I think we have a lot of respect for each other that being able to, to kind of enter into that lion's den to be able to do that kind of conversation and everything. So I, again, just want to reiterate that uh, Steve and I are friends, but I know that he and I obviously have very different beliefs on these things. So uh, it's interesting where I think this is going to go, but uh, all right, we can, we can get back into it. Cause I mean, again, I, um, I, when I was on his channel, I, I know his audience is very different than my audience. If he can't even say nuanto without, gusto just kidding <laughs> so i i'm not like i'm not here to to convince anyone from his audience to come around to my side um i think people who are in their pro-israel camp are pretty firmly in it uh but yeah i'm here for nuanced discussions always okay oh did i miss a super chat uh-uh brisket and ribs oh the first half of that is my favorite food in the world just a message to say thanks for being brave enough to discuss this. Appreciate you both. Thank you so much. Thanks for brave, being brave enough to yeah. send me $5. It's not easy to be honest. It takes a lot of time. And I edited those last episodes so long and thoroughly because I really wanted to put uh, out the most succinct, best, most up-to-date stuff. And the algorithm slash audience did not appreciate it, but it's called a a values piece it's called, I, I appreciate uh, it i appreciate it you did so that's much cause, that's because we and i mean you have so much fun hanging out together that's, yeah. that's a cop out <laughs> okay and she's a friend and we're responding to this opera. they actually took uh, my thumbnail put it on their thumbnail and there's job where they had him you know sticking out there and it's reaction <laughs> ex-mormons respond to zionist palestinian mormon yikes yikes i know okay and so I was thought it was interesting because Gara told me that she was going to do something. And I, in my mind, I thought, okay, I would, to me, I would want to know why is that a Palestinian Christian who is now a convert to Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, who until not that long ago was pro-Hamas. Uh, no, I was never pro-Hamas, by the way. I was, I was, my, my political theory has always. That's just, sorry, no offense, Steve. Who the f is pro-Hamas? That's just like. Yeah. I don't know, such a reductionist argument. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, like, that's not like, are we still having that discussion? That are like, we still doing that? Like, I, that's amazing. He would even do that for Jabra. Like, yeah, even disagreeing yeah. with Jabra and saying, like, oh no, he's like a Zionist or wherever he used to be. I don't assume anybody is pro Hamas. Mm, that like, is a weird assumption. Like, that is Steve. That's a weird assumption. You need to ask. 15 questions and I still even if somebody said they were pro Hamas after the 15th question I still would be like are you though do you or do we know what we're both talking about <laughs> like that's yeah, how many barriers there are to being like, I think it's like some, assuming somebody's for a terrorist organization I don't know <laughs> I think it's like pregnancy you don't say that somebody is pregnant you yeah wait until they tell you they are pregnant yeah you, you don't need Right. And uh, I think where he's going with this is like, 
don't you want to know more about Jabra's story, about where he came from, why he converted to the church? Sort of. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested in anyone pretty much about where they come from, why they have the opinions that they do. But when we're talking about, I, I was looking out on the internet, I was trying to find what are some active Mormons opinions on the Israel-Palestine war right now. And I thought, what better than somebody who has Palestinian heritage, who is a Mormon. And so that's the video yeah. that I went with. And it just so happened that I, like I said, at the beginning of that video, his takes are just something that I hated. I say it very bluntly. <laughs> you can't yeah. say that you can't say the things that he said in those videos and expect no. me to be like, Oh, I wonder Aww. why he wants us to pay more attention to the dead Israeli <laughs> babies and the Palestinian ones. Me? What is he like? I trust me. I've been reading the Oprah book all week. What happened to you? Highly recommend. <laughs> if you can't afford therapy, what happened to you is the best book. I frame everything of, yeah, I don't understand you, but what happened to you? What, what made you the way that you are? What childhood did you have? I think that's a very beautiful, empathetic way to look at the world. But then when your opinions, your opinions uh, about what we're looking at right now with this war are just not based in reality. And they're also, yeah, just sometimes very genocidal rhetoric. I'm going to take yeah. those for face value. It doesn't really, to me, matter a lot more about where you came from and why you have those opinions. And if you double down instead of explaining why you have those opinions, mm -hmm. you're just digging a hole. It's not making it any better to me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I can't wait. Okay. I'm really excited to hear. Let's hear, though, why he has the opinions that he has. It was been that okay. needs to be, I mean, I've evolved. I probably for a short period of time, I looked at Hamas. Okay. There is resistance. Okay. They need, but anyway. Okay. okay. So, so yeah, you, have, you have maybe more sympathy for Hamas that you, did, that you don't yes, have. Sympathy, now. definitely. But okay. sympathy. But why would, the question I would be posed to is if I'm, if I'm trying to research somebody with you, why would you be taking the positions you would be? And I would want to delve into it. I want to learn about it. So, Jabra, I want you to respond to this video because it's you in particular they actually kind of go after me a little bit and one of the questions i asked that's fine that's i'm a podcaster i'm a good boy uh jabra why don't you give your statement you have, i'm giving you the platform here so you can respond to that video and hopefully we can actually have constructive dialogue about it as well yeah yeah sure so you know just addressing it from the beginning from the title when i saw it i had to chuckle a little bit mormon zionist palestinian because uh, yes i'm a mormon of course the word zionist is meant to be used as uh, pejorative and it's not to me because as a member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints i am a zionist i believe in the concept of zion i believe in the gathering of israel the literal gathering of the jews to their ancestral lands as well as gathering all the members of the or whoever chooses to embrace a restored gospel who become adopted into israel you know, gathering them to the fold of the Church of Jesus Christ. So I am a Zionist and I am a Palestinian. And unfortunately, that's... Ooh, that's really interesting. That is so interesting. Okay. I would love to talk about that from like the most delightful, empathetic way possible. Because let's just kind of, again, like delineate what he was talking about. As a Mormon, we've talked about what our Zionist upbringing was, how we had to deconstruct that. We are taught a certain narrative about Zionism and a gathering of Israel on the American continent. This is called the new Zion, that there'll be a gathering of Israel, that we really literally believe in the yeah. Book of Mormon and that these families came over on the boat in 600 BC. That's the story of the Book of Mormon. They fought out these, these long million person battles on this American uh, soil here and some people's skin turned light and they they all died away. Joseph Smith dug up their records, restored the, the true church, and now we're back to restoring this American covenant. We're back to restoring this gospel that was lost, but the chosen people are, are in Israel and the chosen people are also the Mormons in America. That is 
a pretty baseline ex- explanation of what Mormons believe. If you want to add anything to that in a second. So it's interesting, though, because that is a humongous conflation between the way that Zionism is preached to us about uh, what what our what our Zionist responsibilities are as Mormons on this American ca- continent conflated with Jews Zionism um, in the in this this uh, Palestinian region. Those are two giant conflations to me, and Mormons want to just sandwich them together. That as a Mormon, you now have a responsibility to usher in the second coming over on the first original, over on the first Holy Land, over on that that Zionist plane, but. Anything you want to add to that? Just giant conflation to me. Yeah, no, sorry to interrupt. This is kind of like what I was bringing up earlier, where we need to be very clear about definition in this discussion, where like you brought up, he's conflating his religious beliefs with a political and um, philosophical ideology for an entirely different group of people. And let's be very clear that what he is specifically talking about with Zionism is a Mormon belief in the restoration of Zion, which you detailed beautifully. And, and, and so he's conflating that. So now in your mind and for their religious, most likely Mormon audience, there is a conflation between these are my beliefs. Oh, they were attacking my beliefs. So first of all, that already is like poisoning the well for what we said and is not a good representation of what we were talking about. And then it is also him talking about what he it's conflating what he believes the role of Jews is. And and this is what we talked about, again, in this whole series, that as a Mormon, I believe that Jewish people have this very specific role to play and that ultimately it was selfish because they needed to play that role so that my covenants could be fulfilled, that my belief system could be fulfilled, that my beliefs could be ratified. And so, like, let's be really clear when he is talking about his Zionism, there is a there's a baseline selfishness there that mm-hmm. he wants Israel to be successful or triumphant or whatever verbiage he would use, ultimately because of to to make his belief system successful and triumphant. And so there's exactly. this, when I was deconstructing it, there is a selfishness there that I hadn't realized growing up LDS or Mormon. But that you want um, Palestinian people and Israeli people to play these very specific roles at whatever cost yep. it costs them so yep. that your belief system can be triumphant so that you can be like, ha, I'm part, you know, he talks about like those who are part of the covenant, who choose to be part of the covenant. They, they are a means to an end. Like, let's be very clear. He views Jewish people and Palestinians and what is happening now as a means to an end. Like everything mm-hmm. that's happening, it can be tragic and he can talk about how tragic it is, but it's a means to an end. And that was something that I realized I had to stop viewing people as because I mean, it's narcissistic um, and it is, it is selfish. Like you're willing to let terrible things happen to people, terrible things happen because you feel like it's a fulfillment of prophecy and validates your belief system. And uh, I, mm-hmm. I refuse to participate in that. Yeah. So well said. And would you mind explaining a little bit further what we talked about in our other episode about the means to the end that Jewish people are? Because here's a hot take that I could say that Jesus Christ, as described in, 
let's just go with the Mormon scripture of what he's going to do. He's he, they're planning that he's going to come set the world on fire. Okay. Yeah. So you could, you could make the argument that Jesus Christ, when he comes back, he's going to commit some terrorist acts, but those are okay because Jesus Christ is doing it. So Jews will be, will be burned up unless they convert anyone who doesn't, uh, play into our little board game of what our belief system is in Mormonism. We are on our candy land. Everyone else has their own monopoly. Somebody have sorry, but we think that our game that we're playing is the most important game of all time. Everyone else's board games be damned, you know? So it's like, if you want to explain a little bit more uh, about the plan that, that Jews are going to be playing in this, in this play, in this board game for Mormonism, but they don't actually care about Jews. They are a means to an end for our philosophies. No. no, they they like them in that their existence and what is going on is a validation for Mormon's beliefs. So um, within within Mormon ideology and belief systems, there are some uh, variations because this came from multiple prophets over multiple years with variations based on political ideologies and things like that. But the real basic idea is that um, the country of Israel would be established and then um, there, there would just be conflict, constant conflict, and that Israel, the country, would do something horrific or a lot of horrific things. But ultimately, they would do something so bad, the entire world would turn on them. And so when the entire world turns on them, the armies of the earth will begin to fight Israel. And Mormon scripture is very explicit, saying, like, not even the rocks will hide them, saying, here is a Jew, come, you know, come kill them. And that, and so that they will, they will be just absolutely being decimated and um, the, it'll be all the armies of the earth fighting them and killing them and then two mormon prophets will come and they will use the priesthood to hold off the armies of the earth and they will successfully hold them off for a while at some point the new temple in jerusalem gets built maybe not till jesus comes maybe just before and then these two prophets will be killed their bodies will be paraded in the streets for three days and the whole world will watch. And then they'll be resurrected in front of everyone. And then Jesus will come down and just destroy the armies of the earth, protecting the Jews that are, have survived and then establishing his kingdom on earth. And, and so ultimately, ultimately what, what his view of Zionism is, is that Jewish people or, well, the country of Israel does something so terrible that the entire world turns on them and begins to massacre them. And that doesn't make Jews safer. (laughs) No, that is not. The fulfillment of the prophecy of your religion is, is it, it is a, it's an, it's a, it's an appropriation. And it also has in, in the storybook. If you flip a few chapters forward, if you go to the end of the book, it does not have the best interest of Jewish people in it either. No, no. Like the interest is they serve a means to an end within Mormonism to establish that Mormonism is the one true church of Jesus Christ on the earth today. Like that, that is the whole point. And then ultimately they need to like convert in the house of Levi establishes bishops again, Mm -hmm. you know, that whole thing. But it's again, a means to an end. And the means of the end means to the end is, a lot of Israeli people would have to die. And, and like, like, explain to me, explain to me how that is a pro-Israeli stance. Explain to me how that is. Explain, not yeah. Israeli. How is that not using you? How is that not anti-Semitic? Like, honestly. Amazing. I want to add one thing right now, since we're on this, um, please keep 
uh, your super chats coming. You guys are amazing. Um, I've started a couple comments as well. So if you have any questions for me and Lindsay, mostly for Lindsay, she's way smarter than me. So uh, keep those coming. I want to pull something up. Everybody already knows it. Everybody's already seen it. Um, have you seen this before? So they were talking about um, Latter-day Labia um, that uh, that they found some old videos about what Mormonism has taught in the past about you know the founding of Israel. And this slide says in 1841, founding Mormon apostle and Christian Zionist Orson Hyde visited Palestine. From the Mount of Olives, he dedicated Palestinian land, quote, for the gathering together of Judea's sacred remnants, according to the pre predictions of the Holy Prophet. And then it says 138 years later in 1979, Prophet Spencer W. Kimball returned to where Orson Hyde claimed Palestinian land to uh, fulfill his end time Zionist fantasies. Kimball donated members tithes to the Israeli government. Mm to help beautify the war-torn land and make a park in Hyde's Zionist honor. That day, he also announced the church's intent to build a center on that mount. The land this church hoped to build their BYU center on was stolen from Palestinians by Israelis just 12, 12 years earlier during the Six Days War of 1967. Over 400,000 Palestinian family members were ethnically cleansed from their land as Israel, uh, Israel militarily occupied the whole of Palestine. According to international law, Israel still didn't technically own the land they stole through ethnic cleansing. So the Israeli government saw this Mormon center as an opportunity to both increase, increase control over that Palestinian land and to make a show of religious tolerance. Any comments so far? Um, just that I, I remember learning about this. Um, well, I, in the work in the glory book series, they talk about it. Um, but I, I always, I didn't know the exact history of the BYU Jerusalem Center. Um, I just knew that uh, BYU Idaho professors always talked about it, feather in the cap. So it's interesting to hear mm -hmm. um, how this, you know, it's Israeli government and Mormonism are using each other for their own ends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, listen to this slide it says, um, so in case you guys didn't know, there is this, um, this, uh, what is, what is it actually called the Jerusalem Center? Yeah. Uh, so the BYU Jerusalem Center is a central material part of both the Israeli and Mormon Zionist project. Through this center and donations and collaborations with the Israeli occupy, occupation forces, Mormons helped Israel illegally occupy East Jerusalem and helped them whitewash their international reputation as intolerant religious settler colonial genocidal ethnic cleansing projects. That is the, the mother of all sentences that's going to get this video demonetized. So... <laughs> Oh, I put so much work into my last videos and man, did they, did they tank and make no money? Oh, darn. But it's, it's again, it's a passion project. I, wow. <laughs> um, and then there's a Jew witches is a really interesting account, by the way. And this slide reads Christian Zionism, both a religious and political ideology, which has no formal structure, but generally demands total support for the modern political state of Israel in order to gather all Jews in Israel, which will trigger the rapture and second coming of Christ. Quote, Christian Zionists are premillennial dispensationalists who believe that the return of Jews to their homeland heralds the beginning of the biblically prophesied end of times. Mm -hmm. Don't we all that's just want to get that train on uh, up going? All right. And that's, that's what I was taught growing up. 
back at it. Of me stop because they uh, didn't mention my name once in the video, which is kind of dehumanizing. But what I find interesting is that even though they stay Palestinian, they go after me not without any apparent knowledge of my history. I don't think my history is out there. They could have searched my name, found my PhD dissertation, my master's thesis, where I talk a little bit about my personal history because it was important as a background. They could have learned a little bit more about me, where I come from. I have a few Facebook pages that they could have referenced, but instead they chose to take just the interview that you had and in the worst political, in the worst uh, intellectual way, uh, take some of my arguments out of the framework and context that I've built into the video, which is mainly the latter day. Okay, I will admit that I felt bad for not properly introducing him. That was my bad. I said, I'm, I might've said it and I might've cut it out, but generally speaking, I had an, no, I did cut it out. I had an introduction of who he was and what this was, but I ended up cutting it out because I just wanted to get right to it. And also I was probably in a bad mood because I didn't take, I don't think I took his things out of context whatsoever. There's no good context for anything that he said. And I would be, I would not be okay with myself if I just tried to straw man somebody and took everything out of context. So I firmly believe that we kept everything that they said, it, that he said in context, Jabra. Well, and like, I'm really sorry. This is, it was a response video. Like, does he know what that is? Like, like we don't have to I'm date not, them. Yeah. I'm not dating. Like I said, I'm not dating you. I don't need to know your background. I'm responding to what you're saying now. So this was a response video. This is a Wendy. I, I don't yeah. need to read your dissertation to respond to a video that you made that we didn't take anything out of context. We literally like, you'd play like a five minute clip and we'd respond and you play a clip and we'd respond. That's, that's how a response video works, Jabra. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's all right. I, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take a little bit of an L on that one, and I, I know I could have done a little bit better, um, in how I framed it to be more respectful. But again, it's a response video. I don't see him uh, listening to my dissertation. Go and find it. it doesn't exist. All right. <laughs> I would say, has he, has he watched all of my content? Like, yeah, I mean, I've yeah. like 700 videos now. Has he watched them or what before he responds here or no, not so much. Does that only go one way? I know. I, I truly want to know what is, what is the ethics on that? <laughs> I'm sorry. Your face is so covered up right now, but, um, then brisket and ribs asked, they said, I asked this earlier and it's kind of dismissed, hopefully not by me, but Zionism seems to me to be inherently religious. Zionism still seems to me to be tied to end of days ideologies. And as we've discussed in our previous videos, that is definitely what it's best known for right now. But at its inception, um, that is not completely part of the ideas of why the, the Zionist clan all got together and why they, they even chose Israel. It has a lot, a lot, a lot, lot to well, do with yeah, and ahead. that's a very Christian perspective. That's a very Christian Zionist perspective. Like uh, Jewish people, and again, not as a monolith, there are so many different sects, but how they view the end of times is very different than how Christians view the end of times. There is some overlap, but right. this was like Zionism was a nationalist movement started by socialist, atheist, Jewish people because of like Russian pogroms and uh, you know just the harassment they had faced in Europe and so they weren't they weren't making that thinking like I hope Jesus comes again they were they were looking for a place where they wouldn't face persecution um and it, it wasn't 
religiously motivated other than they were like our religious cultural group is facing this oppression so we would like to have yeah. a place where we aren't facing that oppression and like in the other videos we've mentioned they weren't even necessarily going to go to palestinian land like they were looking at uganda kenya anywhere like one of the founding members a big proponent of, of what he was looking for a big factor he was looking for is how could they get rid of the the indigenous population who would be easy to get rid of and the rest of the world wouldn't care and so it was very nationalistic at a time when nationalism was on the rise we see that you know with u.s nationalism with the original america first movement like it was it was very much a product of its time um, but it was a very political philosophical thing and growing up in the u.s with the lens of christian nationalism it is viewed very religiously but that's not that's not what it was founded as. That would be like, honestly saying like uh, Republican is religious. Like there are very religious Republicans and there are religious people who want to make Republicanism being religious, but at its core it is a political party. That's a Well said, well said. Uh, yeah, I don't really know what to do about this one. He said that you didn't use his name, dehumanizing him. He's trying to call you racist. Um. Well, first of all, that's a we don't want to get into who's racist. Or I don't want to get into that argument, but I will just apologize for not using his name. That's on me. Um, I uh, think I did it and I edited it out and I probably didn't remember to to be more on my A game on that one. So all that matters is that we try to do better and we don't double down on when we are bigoted or racist. <laughs> that's what I would hope. Right. Jabra, we will use your name moving forward. We'll say it many times. Jabra, Jabra. Yes. You didn't use my email, Jabra, when you said you wanted to debate me. You just went on Steve's show. And <laughs> that's so weird. Use my email. That's dehumanizing. You're just talking about me when you have my email and you said you wanted to debate me. Look, at this is dehumanizing both of us. What are we doing here? Cut out the middleman. Just come on my show. All right. They seen gospel, Christian perspective. And they took these things out of context and addressed them. But here is like when I teach, when I teach, I actually have to print it out to have it in front of me. So just for Laura's benefit, when you want to talk about something that oh, Laura, yes, yeah, <laughs> into. I'm sorry. I take it all back. I'm I forgot. Sorry. He calls me Laura the whole time. Oh no. Is that for real? I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Wasn't he all about if you don't use someone's name, it's dehumanizing? Is this for real? Am I, is this for real life? This is real life. Like two. Minutes I would only later, do that if I was being like it. a real C U N T. Sorry, sorry. No, you were not. I'm sorry. This is a double standard for me. Oh yeah, I have a fun, a fun thing that I wanted to get out. If we didn't have it already. I got out this whiteboard and you told me since you watched it that there are going to be a lot of logical fallacies, a lot of things going on. So I wanted to get out my whiteboard and just keep a score for like every logical fallacy that we hear. And if I just need to draw things out, you know, or um, I'll have my whiteboard there. So I'll get I'll get to scribbling on that while we watch. And I think that'll be good entertainment in the background. I'm always thinking of how to entertain the masses while we talk about uh, horrific things in the news. All right, back to Jabra talking about A, a straw man, Laura. and B, Laura. <laughs> First, you shouldn't criticize. So you shouldn't say, you know, blame someone, and whether it's me or the United States or Israel or anything, you shouldn't criticize. You shouldn't be okay, shouldn't uh, sensitive 
and uh, basically there is a victim and there is a villain because that was their approach about Hamas. Oh, poor, poor Hamas, they are victims of big, bad Israel wolf. And then... Mm, I would love to take that one on. Just give me 30 quick seconds. As we have discussed, yes, there are people at all different... Go, yeah, there are people... Hamas is um, it's an intifada. It is a resistance group. We... Like he was saying earlier, he says, you know, he doesn't, he never supported that, but he can like sympathize or empathize. He can understand it. We can all understand what is going on right now when there are children in Palestine whose families are being bombed, whose parents are just, you know, they're not part of Hamas. They're, they're teachers, they're shop owners, they're professors, and they're orphan children right now who have their limbs blown off, who have nowhere else to go. And that kind of series has happened throughout time. Like we know what happens when when orphans have nowhere else to go. It could happen in America. They get taken in by gangs. <laughs> There's always going to be yeah. resistance groups who are. Uh, in, 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 what are we? What else are we doing right now besides making more Hamas members? So yeah. uh, no, we're none of us. None of us here are supporting Hamas, but we do understand no. how when people who have, like you said in the last video so eloquently, people who have not been able to have access to civilization, to civility uh, being afforded to them, they have not been respected, they don't always act out in the best ways. And these types of intifada groups, these types of resistance groups obviously do come up. So I don't know. What did he just say again? That... Go, go ahead and talk. I don't know. I don't want to be clear. We said don't criticize. Don't criticize. So I'm going to hold on to that one because I feel like I feel like that. Don't criticize what? I don't know because we, and here's the other thing. We didn't criticize. I criticized his arguments a hundred percent, but I never criticized him because I yeah. don't know him. And so, like, I'm just going to hold on to that because I feel like that's going to come back. I'll put that on my whiteboard. Okay, let me see what he says so again. You shouldn't say, you know, blame someone and whether it's me or the United States. Oh, we were States saying poor Hamas. Or anything, you shouldn't criticize. You shouldn't be uh, defensive. And uh, basically, there is okay, a don't be defensive. There is a because that was their approach about Hamas. Oh, poor, poor Hamas. They are victims of big, bad Israel wolf. And then there is, and I felt that was directed towards me. There is the whole contempt and uh, basically the... The, the patronizing, condescending, you know, uh, what, uh, for lack of a better word right now, explanations that they made. The, I was listening to this and I was thinking, wow, uh, they can learn a lot about uh, logical fallacies and arguments uh, because there's a lot of emotion to appeal. And of course, once you hear- No, I swear on my life, that is the last thing that we were doing. That was exactly what he's doing. That what? is the pot calling the kettle black. No offense, dude. This is one of those things where, no, what? I have a lot of things saved in my phone about narcissists that really relate to Mormonism, relate to a lot of people. And you know that saying that an accusation from a narcissist is actually an admission? Sometimes mm -hmm. that stuff just smacks you in the face. I'm not saying that Jabra is a narcissist necessarily, but it is one of those times where somebody- when they say the thing that they're the most upset at, it's because that is a reflection of the thing that they dislike about themselves sometimes the most. Just putting that out there just for one. But the last thing we did was an emotion to appeal because if we, if I could, I, I, I could pull up our video right now. But we said, like, he, he literally, 
had this whole thing where he was the most patronizing. Jabra, you were the most patronizing to Arabs. You're saying that there's no such thing as a democratic like Arab country. There's no such thing that you cannot live in in peace with with Muslims because they want to rule everything. They do not know how to do democracy. They were he was completely patronizing and condescending. And then he was also saying that I have to take a side. I have to tell my Muslim friends and and brothers and sisters. I have to tell Muslims that you need to sit down and think and root out your anti-Semitism that I know is inside of you. How condescending is that to just assume that that people always have anti-Semitism in them? And then on top of that, in the last video, he was like, uh, I have to tell these Muslims and stuff that you need to sit down and think about what it is like for Jews to have lived through the Holocaust and that when they go through their family lineage, they have this giant hole you know, gaping in it. And that's where you, Lindsay, were like, you don't have to explain that to Muslims. Like they understand, especially Palestinians, they understand what it's like to have gaping holes in their ancestry. That is something where we say about the Holocaust, about what happened to the Jews, that we never want it to happen again. And we don't want it to happen again for anybody. So he was the one that was being the most condescending job, bruh. I'm sorry. I'm condescending back. And the most, like, just want to give you a hug. (laughs) Like, what the hell is that? I was gonna say I know well and I think it's he's already he already talked about how he was mischaracterized he didn't say anything we said but he's saying his perception of what we said so that is already setting us up to not even be able to have a discussion because he's not addressing at any points we make maybe he will but right now he's not he's just saying this is what you have to do to have a good argument and they didn't do it but it was none of the things that we said he's not addressing anything that we said it's Laura. it's kind of like I needed I need an analogy here if anyone can help me out. But it's literally like we went into this, those videos, all of our series. I wanted to have as many videos as possible, as many perspectives as possible, pro-Israel, you know, pro-Israel, anti-Zionist, everything that I could possibly so that we could understand and react and look at the facts, look at the history and see where people are basing a lot of their opinions on. I didn't want to misrepresent anyone. I want as many clips as possible. Right. And then when we did a response to because everything needed to be kind of tied up in this package, we started with our deconstructing Mormon Zionism. And then we went all the way around to what those, those beliefs, what implications they have, what real world influences they have. And that's where I wanted to find this clip of Jabra, uh, where Laura was out on her computer looking for a clip of some, somebody. <laughs> I wanted to find what do those beliefs, what do they look like? What do they sound like? And Jabra, you were my example. This is not personal necessarily. This is, this is my example of what do those those beliefs when we come full circle, when they are expressed on the internet, what do those very genocidal types of pro-Zionist conflations with Mormonism, what do those look like in real life? And that's what it was about. It's not personal, but I think he's taking this very personal. Yeah, it was, again, it was a response video, sir. It was a Wendy. All right. I'm having the most fun I have had in a very long time, which was my goal because I spent a month working on those videos and I was so depressed and sad to be just combing through so much information to pack into those. Hope you guys appreciate them. So at least this is not, again, I I texted Lindsay before we did this. I was like, this is not an exercise in like my ego or defending myself. I don't care if I mischaracterized or misunderstood. It's just, I want to talk about this. I want to have a real conversation and, um, This is at least it's a little bit fun. It, I, I like when I get I like when I get surprised. I think that's what I like about this video. I'm really surprised right now. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, oh, I didn't even think that they would say that. Oh. 
some people I know. No, they're, they're going on their harder than I, they're going harder than I thought. So let I <laughs> let's see where this train goes. Here's someone trying to present an intellectual argument using words like bullshit and stupid to characterize the person they're talking about. You realize that, and I'm going to be very generous in my words here. Uh, their whole presentation was shallow and lacked any substance and full of hubris. Okay. And wow. it was taken out of context, taken out of a larger context. Come on my show, Jabra. The context of nonviolence, Christian love, gospel. But that is the problem with, and I think they characterize themselves as atheists. And I immediately remembered Chris Hedges' book, I Don't Believe in Atheists. Now, I'm sure if they are on the left, they know who Chris Hedges is. If not, then they can go check him out. But the monolith of just like, I'm sure if they're like this, and I'm sure if they're atheists, and I'm sure if they're that, like, this is what you're talking about, Jabra. I know I have hubris. I know. Yeah, I, I understand no, that. But I am a I, I really pride myself. Lindsay does, too, on getting our facts right. I want to get corrected if I'm wrong on something. If we say I'm sorry, but saying that Jews don't or saying that uh, Muslims do not understand what it's like to have family members who are are missing from their lineage and they need to be educated on that and root out their anti-Semitism. I'm sorry, Jabra, that's bullshit. And I don't think that it's dumbing. I think it's bullshit to not be able to say bullshit when something's bullshit. (laughs) With the context of he's never been Muslim. So he is taking an entire, there are trillions of Muslims, um, or no, how many billions? There's like billions, how many, seven, eight billion people. And there's like 1.5 billion Muslim, something like that. It's like a two billion, something like that. As a fourth or a third of the world's population is Muslim. And he's like, I, as someone who has never been a Muslim, need to educate them on human compassion and empathy. Like the are we want to talk about hubris? Like a third of the world's population and you want to educate them on on empathy. And then you want to come at us because we were like, I don't know. Like, like, I love how his, his, his issues with what I responded to are that I said bullshit, not, not that 20,000 Palestinians are dead, but that I said bullshit. And that, that I, I said we should have more like Christian empathy or more empathy for people. Like, I'm glad those were the standout issues in what I said for him and not, you know, all the dead kids. Yeah, you know, that's, so that's another big thing. I'm sure you're part. a girl who spends a... A lot of time on the internet too. I see this in my comment section as well. It's part of being on the internet, but when you make, you get a camera, you get a microphone and you say into the audience, here's my opinion. Let me lay out some nuance. I'm going to be going from point A to B to C. If you want to misunderstand me, you will misunderstand me. If you do not have a vested interest in understanding and being curious, you will willfully stay in an ignorance to just like have the point go whoop over your head. I try yeah. my absolute hardest. If I fail at that, please let me know. This is where the nuance ho is living and breathing every day. If I do that, please let me know. That is the difference between when you are in a high demand fundamentalist religion and you do not have a vested interest in changing your mind. You only have a vested interest in doubling down on your beliefs because you you know that you're already on the right side. What else is there to know? And then deconstructing that, realizing how wrong you can be and just trying to rebuild on what facts you can understand and lace it together with as much nuance to help people and lead them along those, those same thought patterns that they try to do.
that's what I've tried to do ever since I deconstructed the church went from very being, being very conservative, being very Christian to where I am right now. There's not a lot of things people could say to me from where I used to be that I would not understand because I used to be there. You used to be there. So much of what Jabra is talking about right now is a willful misunderstanding of what we said where so many people can are on the internet and they can just willfully look at what you say where you're going from point A to point B to point C and they can just take everything that you said and say that you said the opposite because they weren't willing to listen. And that is a reflection of them and their lack of empathy and curiosity, their lack of nuance. And it is not a reflection of me. The reflection of me should always be that I am looking how I can do better. How can I explain myself better? And if I feel like I showed up with exactly the amount of empathy and facts and what I wanted to make in those videos, and I stand by them 100%, we can double down all day. The difference here is that Jabra is doubling down on some of the most horrible, atrocious things that the Israeli government is doing that we do not want to stand by. We want to call those things out. So instead of helping helping us have this conversation and calling those things out, he wants to nitpick about the messengers uh, calling this bullshit. When the messengers are just trying to say point A, point B, point C, look at our nuance, look at our heart, but that is not what he's interested in. He has a willful ignorance and misunderstanding us. Yeah. 100%. I couldn't have said it better myself. His book, I'm going to read it from his book. He says, the agenda of the new atheists is disturbing. These atheists embrace a belief system as intolerant, chauvinistic, and bigoted as that of religious fundamentalists. And ironically, they... Uh, it's a straw man. That's not me. So why... Bullshit. I don't care. That's, how they <laughs> that's not yeah, me. So why? Yeah, impossible. Like, is it... I heard that they're atheists. They must know who this is. Just whatever. Yeah, like, I, I am definitely known for my chauvinist positions. Absolutely. Um... But isn't this his, like, his whole issue was that we misrepresented the exact words that he said. And so he's like, they said they're atheists. Let me read from a book about somebody who hates atheists or doesn't like atheists or very clearly is, has biases against atheists. Let me, and this oh, right. is how I'm going to frame yeah. who they are. Yeah. And again, I cannot reiterate this enough. He made this video. He made, he did this interview, this panel with Steve after he already had my email and asked to debate me after he heard he said that and i said here you go let's talk it out he goes and says these things Suspicious. laura it was really hard for him to find a time to talk to you <laughs> i am sorry maybe, i need to write a maybe he, can, maybe he combined our names like Lindsay and kara together we become this amalgam laura and oh, and they just, just edit that out like I edited his name out on accident. Yeah, we're just <laughs> one entity of Laura when we're together. <laughs> Will somebody look up the definition of monolith for me? That's what I want. I just want to, every time the, he just assumes that people who have like one point on a map that all of those points all converge on that map. So it's ironic that this is video is titled like a nuanced discussion to nuance. Ho, the very, the description is like very nuanced. The last thing yeah. I would describe this is nuanced whatsoever. This is the opposite. Yeah. This is very hard lined, like monolith, everybody black and white. They think the same, not getting kind of curious. Definitely didn't read my dissertation. Like I mentioned. No, right. you haven't watched any of my videos very clearly. Um, well, and I think it's uh, like, I think a point that absolutely needs to be made in argument of nuances. Now he has associated us. He picked, he picked that phrase very specifically as they presented themselves as atheists, which I did. I don't know if you did. I don't know if you're atheist, but 
the specific words for atheists then were intolerant, chauvinistic, how do I manage it? And as, <laughs> as, <laughs> and as absolutely- It's a full-time job to be a female so chauvinist. I have a lot of shoes to fill. I'm very busy. Um, and, and people. So now his, so he's already setting that premise. Like, oh, see, they said they're atheists. See, they're intolerant, chauvinist, and as terrible as religious extremists. So now I don't even call Mormons that. In my angriest no. rants, I wouldn't say that Mormons are chauvinist, no. intolerant, and all one thing. Never would you hear that coming out of no. my mouth. Continue. No. No, that would, it would honestly be like me being like, Jobber said he's Mormon. I'm going to read the angriest Reddit rant from the most angriest ex-Mormon going through the darkest yeah. moment of their ex-Mo journey. And that is what all Mormons are. Now let's hear what Jabra has to say. He's a Mormon. Like, yeah. And again, I started that last video. I don't know if you watched our entire series, but I started the last one, the one that he's in with an entirely long rant that I watched back. And Lindsay will attest that I was not on my A game during our filming. But the one thing that I did keep in that I was happy with what I said during our filming was the first like 12 minutes where I wanted to talk about like a callback to humanity. It's the part where you started crying, you know, where I'm like, we know yeah. that a screaming child screaming after their mom that they'll never see again is a very complex emotion. And we don't need to know if that is a, an Israeli child in the body bag or a yeah. Palestinian child, but we need to like, we, we know that there is a, a longing and a calling that uh, our humanity demands greater uh, of us. And it's just that kind of thing where I used to be conservative. I used to be in this mindset where it's like, people who are not like me are all this one thing. And I don't have to think complex, but it's like, take, take my words for what they are. I started with a 12 minute, very empathetic rant of what my beliefs are. I didn't talk about my belief in God or lack thereof whatsoever. I talked about what I believe about humanity and what I feel like we are spiritually called to do. And if that doesn't resonate with your Mormonism, that's a sick reflection on your religion and your Mormonism. It's not a reflection on me and my lack of believing in a God. So I don't need to defend yeah like what I believe or not for the record. I really like the term Christian mysticism is really a fun thing that I've been thrown around with my friends and family lately. Generally, Ooh. I don't believe I don't take anything too literally, but Oh, I love, I love mysticism. Mm, I'm a manifesting girl all day long. Uh, queen Herbie. I'm, I'm a, my God is queen Herbie in her latest album housewife. That is Ooh, my yeah. religion as of late. Maybe all that all day. <laughs> condescending to Palestinians. And I'll explain what I mean by that in Ooh. a minute. Now, here is another context that uh, they need to know. So I don't know them from Adam. I don't know their background or life story, but uh, I don't think they speak Arabic. I don't think they speak any language other than English. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Uh, definitely they don't speak Hebrew. So that- I'm really on pins and needles of why that is relevant. I'm really, I'm a tax paying US citizen. And our country is sending packages of, what, $40 billion over to Israel with no checks and balances, with uh, yeah. no ability to ask for anything that is reflective of the constituents of the U.S. population who want Israel to not be doing the things that it's doing right now. So I'm really on pins and needles to explain why me just being a U.S. citizen, a taxpaying citizen, I don't have a right and a say in what Israel is doing and committing against the Palestinian people right now. I know. Uh, Apparently, you don't speak enough languages. So let's let's see. Let's see. Maybe he's got a point. And they don't have the lived historical experience I have. And here it is for them in a nutshell. I'm someone I'm who is a diaspora Palestinian. 
I grew up in Kuwait and I'm a man in my 50s. I've witnessed, I remember flashes on the TV when the 73 war happened. And I've listed all the wars active set. I don't forget anyone, any, any war that I've witnessed or I was close to. I saw flashes of the 73 war. In 78, I saw the peace treaty between Israel and Sadat. Uh, when the Iran-Iraq war was happening, uh, I could hear the bombings every night because that's how close the war was to us in Kuwait. And I was there when the hostage crisis happened with the United States. I witnessed suicide bombings in Kuwait by Islamic radicals and fundamentalists. I've studied Islam since I was six years old, thoroughly. In college, I actually scored higher than Muslims and I won awards as a teenager for uh, papers I've written in Islam with people not realizing I was even a Christian, okay? So the been to the West Bank many times. I was telling Jason just this afternoon the story about my grandfather who basically lost uh, a whole side of a mountain of land where the settlement of Gilo is currently built. And I remember sitting with him on the balcony sometimes and sometimes under an almond tree and watching his eyes tear up, looking at Gilo while it's being built. And his response was he didn't become a terrorist. He didn't send any of my uncles to do terrorist attacks against Gilo. He actually sent my uncles to work as construction workers on the settlement. So I know the loss of land that many Palestinians have, you know, had. And, you know, I was there when the 93 peace treaty happened, 94 peace treaty with Jordan happened. I was in the region. I was on college campuses when Muslim terrorists, Al-Qaeda and others would send people to Jordan to recruit other terrorists to go fight in Yugoslavia and in Afghanistan for their wars. So I've seen all of these things. And so to hear Laura and her friend, who I don't even remember who she is, lecture me and try to characterize my opinions. And this is not personal, Jabra, for the last time. It is personal I'm that sorry. you forget my name and that Steve, that's, it's personal that Steve is a friend and he's not correcting him. <laughs> I was going to say, and wasn't it dehumanizing if you don't know our name? So like, Lindsay, I don't even know who she was. Me, like double standards. Like here a little to stay. Is that is that a whiff of misogyny of double standards? I don't know. Hmm. I'm just saying. Steve, not correcting. Him. I'm just laughing. Steve, my head Steve's like, who the hell is Laura? <laughs> I am gonna text Steve right after this. Um, and the other thing is, okay. Um. Here's a fun thing. I, I understand how important like personal anecdotes are for the framing of your life and your opinions, your worldview on things. We can only be the product of our genetics and our conditioning and the inputs around us. Right. So I understand for sure that what Jabra has experienced having this Palestinian heritage, like you mentioned with his grandfather, all of those influences are all going to contribute to something. But I am here just a curious, curious girl of what are the historical things? What are the things that led up to your Palestinian grandfather and his father and his grandfather to be in a position where they are they are resettled into the West Bank? I doubt that they they live there for you know their entire life and generations. What is the history? I am curious again. I would like to know about what makes him so sad that he has to uh, send his uh, his sons to be construction workers and that that is like a choice that you would even make between that and, and terrorism, that you'd even bring that up. What is the history behind that yeah. where he looks at his grandfather, his tears welling in his eyes as his, his land is being taken from him and that Jabra still sides with 
Israel's right to do that. To be a to be a Zionist yeah. is affirming Israel's right to take your grandfather's land. So what happened to you? What happened in all of these situations that make you still side with this this Zionist state, with what Netanyahu especially is doing right now, without calling that out? But he spends more time calling us us out, where I want to spend all of the time. We spent six hours talking specifically calling out yeah. Netanyahu, the Israeli government. This is not personal to you, Jabra. I'm curious about your reasons of how you got to this this situation, but this is not personal to you. We want to talk and have a conversation about these facts. Exactly. He's spending this entire time just, you know, I don't know. It feels like a kind of an inflated ego of like, do you know where I've been? I'm like, I would like to know where you've been because those opinions seem a little bit contradictory and frightening to me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and this feels for all of the talk about emotional appeals. This feels like an emotional appeal. Yeah. That. Yeah. I, I mean, it, like, let's call a spade a spade because because the thing is, is no, I wasn't there, and I'm not even going to say like if I know about these things or read about these things or study these things, yeah. it is the same as yeah. I'm not saying. I'm not going to say that. I'm not. I'm not even going to try to say that because that is an absurd position to take. But I'm also going to say that you don't have to live something to know about it and to be able to have an opinion about it that that you can be i mean they have a whole bunch of other people on that panel who are also highly educated people who will probably know more things about certain topics than jabra does despite jabra living exactly. in Kuwait yeah. and living in the middle east um and you know I would, I would be really curious i i would really want to talk to jabra about like um with, does he feel like his family, his like this land that they lost, that they should have a right to it? Does he feel like they should be able exactly. to go there, have access to it, and have? Access I doubt to he does. And have access to full rights. His his siblings, his aunts, his uncles, all these people that this land was taken from, should they be able to go there, have access to their ancestral land, and full rights as citizens from the land that they were kicked out of? Like he talks about how he's dysphoria. They were kicked out. They were kicked out of their homeland. It was taken from them. So should they have access to it? I'd be really curious about his take on that. Exactly. Exactly. You're the best. As a matter of fact, we didn't mention, we didn't stop on the point he said earlier where he said that he was like indoctrinated with this idea about the Israeli occupation and Nakba. He was mentioning earlier, do you remember that? Or he was saying yeah. it sounded like he was told that as a Palestinian, that it was exaggerated. It was much worse than it was. I wonder what that is all about. Cause that is one thing I have never heard before. It's, it's interesting to be a Palestinian and be pro Israel in the ways that he is right now. Mm -hmm. And to think that the Nakba, I don't know, it's the displacement of 700,000. Is it, did, did they still have access to that land? Like what's, what's the exaggeration there? I've, I've read tons of history that we haven't even talked about. I've read tons of history about what happened between, you know, in like 1947, yeah. um, up until today currently. And I can understand that there's been a lot of treaties and a lot of things going back and forth and no, there's no perfect player and actor in all of this, but to say that like the Nakba was an exaggeration, um, I'm not seeing where you're you're coming with that point. That was difficult yeah. for me to wrap my brain around. That's definitely a thing that happened. The, the, they don't have their land anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, they or that he was indoctrinated. Like he was indoctrinated about it. Like he was taught it happened, and it happened to your family members, your friends, your neighbors, and that's not a good thing. Like, what does indoctrination of that look like? That you want your land and your rights back? 
Yeah, literally. What, like what maybe he thinks that's indoctrination. Like? Yeah, that that's a good like? point. I'm just being surprised by them and you right now. I'm just like, so many things I didn't even think of. <laughs> and, and, and condescendingly, I have to say about Israel, Palestine, I find that kind of offensive. And I find that like she didn't even bother to reach out to me and have a dialogue. But again, I think atheists don't like to talk to faithful people. And she kept characterizing me as a conservative, as a conservative. I'm not. I'm not neither left or right. I'm a disciple of Christ. That's how I identify. And I try to follow that. If you're pro-Israel and pro-war, you're a neocon to me. That's all I have to say. I we talked in say. generalities about conservatives, but I don't know if we would say like Jabra the conservative. Uh, I don't know if we said that, but. I, I don't think, I don't think we brought that up because I don't, I, I mean, I'm, if you are in the Zionist camp, that's a pretty neo more conservative politically side of the aisle you can still be a neolib maybe he's voted for a democrat before i don't know but that is a more conservative side of the aisle position to take yeah and the so more that i yeah and i and i i think that you'll probably also know where i'm going on this train of thought that there's so many things i just didn't understand about political ideologies when i was mormon and conservative that yes i grouped a lot of atheists like in this one group and i i try not to do that as somebody who is now like more left leaning on this side uh but i view the democratic party what biden's doing right now biden is still uh, i got i got i got the sentence I was about to say, I stopped myself. I'm smart. The sentence I was about to say about Biden got me kicked off of TikTok for like a week and then I appealed it. So I won't say it, but use your imagination about what I think about Biden. <laughs> if you want to say yeah. it more eloquently, like I don't, I don't, I think that the Democratic Party and the, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's left of what the, Republican Party is, but it's not actually like leftist. It's not actually no, socialist. No. It's not the things that people even say about it, because look what Biden is doing right now. And He's And there's so much overlap that like, it's, yeah, like you said, it's left of the Republicans, kind of, but not like in the broader world, it's not viewed as a leftist party. Um, I also no. think it's really interesting that he, again, he says he doesn't know us, but he's like, atheists don't like to talk to faithful people. You have my email. Based, on, based on what? Like based on what? This is I, I, what, what does sad. that mean? Like, this is like a condescension party, but not a fun kind where everyone's dancing and you can write on the walls because you're all hot and sweaty. This is just a, a party of condescension is what I'm trying to say yeah. here. And I, I oh gosh. Say, for, for his whole like logical fallacy, he sure is like, they must be sick because they're eight weird logical fallacy. <laughs> like Again, he hasn't watched any of my content clearly. So one of us is bisexual, though. So he didn't even. That's he's like, true. they're probably Guess a bunch you. of things. Who's bisexual, Dabra? Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's just I hate this kind of this monolith stuff. But yeah. So again, this idea like atheists don't like to talk to faithful people. I don't. I. I disagree. I have like lots of. I don't know. Like. I, it doesn't matter to me. I literally, this is where Steve could have been like, well, actually, Kara invited me on her show and I was on her show just a couple weeks ago and we had a great back and forth chat. As a matter of fact, I know Kara to be a very kind person who talks to anybody of faith. I 
I literally do not turn down a conversation with anybody ever. I feel like my empathy and my nuance and my hodum carry me far and wide into any spaces. Um, that's a reflection. Again, this is an admission from somebody that's, this is an accusation when it's actually an admission from somebody yeah. <laughs> of what they don't like. That's not reflective of me though. Not Laura, not your old girl, Laura. <laughs> not Laura. So, so, you know, she, and, and most of the arguments in those videos basically were, were emotional appeals. They No, they were not. Get a look. Oh, no, in in the fog of war, you can't be certain of any data. Here is what we know about what, here is what I know. Here is what I know. As a Palestinian, as an American, I, as someone who's lived in the region, I want Laura to know that when I was talking about Muslims, yes, it might come across as Islamophobia or however you might choose to say that, but I'm giving her my personal experience, having giving the people who listen to this, my personal experience as a Palestinian Christian who's lived in all of these Arab countries under different rules, had, had and still have many Muslim friends, have a brother who is converted to Islam. I'm telling her this and everyone who can hear me, I'm not generalizing. Islam has a seed in it. And I'm ta not talking people, I'm talking the religion. It has logical, doctrinal teachings that when you read it, there is no two ways about it. It encourages you to put down minorities in your society. And That's a real another generalization. Oh. We specifically debunk that. We specifically go as, as nuanced as we could in those videos where we say that is also a problem with the Bible. That's a problem here in America. You can take these interpretations. That is not just distinct to Muslims. You can absolutely open up the Quran and read some horrible things. And there are some, some things that Muslims do where they do take the worst interpretations. And there's a lot of reasons that that happens as well. But we specifically said that can exist, but we can also look at the reasons behind it. And we can say, let's work on what we have here at home. Like, that's why I inserted my Jordan Peterson quote. Where I'm like, that's yeah, the I, clean your room first thing, United that's States. Why I brought up, yeah, that's why I brought up the Bible. Yeah, we had a very robust discussion about why, like. This is a mischaracterization really party now too. No, like, not Jabra. He, he literally, he literally said, like be so for real Jabra. He really said, they didn't talk about facts. Let me tell you an anecdote. I have Muslim friends. You might call me Islamophobic, and I'm about to say I something know. wildly Islamophobic. But don't forget, I have an Islamic brother, and I have Muslim friends, so I can use them to deflect. We didn't use an appeal to that once. God, yeah, like, come on. What? He really, he really was like, I'm going to say something wildly Islamophobic, but my brother is Muslim, so it's fine. Um, and then and again, let's. Let's be real. Let's be so real. Because I, if we want to talk about, like we talked about in the Quran, yep, there are seedy things in the Quran that are not okay. And there are things in the Bible, also not okay. And there are also things in the Book of Mormon, super not okay. And there are things in the Doctrine and Covenants, super not okay. And so let, let's just like, let's be equitable across the board. All religious texts have really terrible things in them. Yeah. And, and I just want to clarify right now, I've read the Quran cover to cover in college. I wrote several papers about it. I studied, I, I was a Middle East studies minor as much as you can be at BYU-Idaho. Um, I was, I, I've read the Bible cover to cover. I've read the Book of Mormon cover to cover so many times. DNC cover to cover, Pearl of Great Price, Pearl of Great Price, cover to cover, all of it. All of it has terrible things in it that are interpreted 
and where it says it can only be interpreted in one way. Are you kidding me for real? Like we, we specifically for real. in every religion, there are so many interpretations of everything to justify every atrocity or to justify trying to treat people really well or put down, like you have to talk about putting down minorities. Like Jabra, get, get real. Look at the United States and how we use Christianity to put down minorities and continue to do so. Like, my God, have you seen the Christian nationalists? Have you seen what they want to do for women? Have you seen how they want to have a Muslim ban? Have you seen what they want to do to any immigrants who might also be Christian but are brown and not allow them in the country? Remember remember how the U.S. has treated minorities forever? How we genocided the indigenous population and called it manifest destiny and based it on the Bible and said Jesus loves that mm. shit? Like, and you and I would both agree that, that there's no reason we, like, I would never say to a Mormon that the that when you read the Bible, that is the only interpretation you can take out no. of it. Like. But but if he's going to say that Islam and the Quran are the only religions or they're particularly the worst because they have something bad in them that can be interpreted interpreted for harm to minority groups, like, oh, my God, like, come on. That's how I know he is not serious about this. He's not serious about having a real discussion because we can do that with every single religion, every single uh -huh. religion, every single religion. But I love how he's exactly. like, didn't have facts and then he's like, emotional appeal mm, anecdote that's my favorite yeah um i'm just freaking out right now because this is my brand new couch and i specifically i don't even step on this couch because i'm trying to keep it so pristine and clean and i just got marker on it because i'm no, trying to be cool no. i just got i just got marker on it so the only thing i care about in this world is this couch right now uh so i wrote this down this is my my like bingo chart if you can read it okay, I'm so, so we have this is the playbook right now because okay. I'm sorry, we have to do this. So we have anecdotes, double standards, ego, and black and white thinking. Let me know if you want to add anything else. So this is just like, you know, the bingo chart of just bouncing around between this different pinball machine. When no, again, I, I totally stand by our videos. They are opposite of what is going on here and what he's discussing. Yeah. It is, I, mean, I feel like I'm living in a bizarre world where I was like, did we watch the same videos? Where uh, he, he mentions, like, in the fog of war, we can't know anything. But what I know is that know. the Quran can only be interpreted one way. Be fucking for real. Like, oh, I'm I sorry. Did I lose all credibility because I just called you out on the most insane? Like, like what? I'm sorry. Did I, I lose all credibility with that? Because you lost all credibility with what you just said. Don't worry, John. I, I also yeah, have my program. I'm a nice person. Like, I'm sorry. A Mormon making the argument that we can't know anything for real or for a fact like really really yeah that's not funny I'm not also no this is, this couch is just for my studio the children the door is locked they're not allowed in here trust me i guard this couch with my life all right okay, anything else you want to say point. no i'm good i'm good let's let's hear what else jobber has to say it's gonna be so good a muslim society is not a society that promotes equality between people and as a Christian, as a Jew, as a Yazidi, we've all seen what the Yazidis did, with what the what ISIS did to the Yazidis in Iraq. We've seen what Hamas did to Israeli citizens. These are different groups that have different no, histories. I don't need to explain this anymore, but why is this a monolith of all Muslims being grouped in one thing? Jabra, please don't do that. I, I was going to say, so we're going to talk about like the Catholic Inquisition? Are we going to talk about the Crusades? Are we going to talk about what you know the settlers on this continent did to the indigenous people like this is what i said in the last video we only do this in one direction 
to, again, say like, see Muslims are just different than us. They just see, I wish we could all coexist, but we can't because they're deficient. Like that is literally what he is saying. Mm -hmm. And, and that is such, that's an Islamophobic argument. You're right, Jabra. I'm going to say that's an Islamophobic argument because it is, I don't care what religion your brother is, it's still an Islamophobic argument. You don't get to deflect your Islamophobia by being related to Muslims. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. This is he's if he's taking the last video personally, he's definitely gonna take this one personally because uh I, I, I titled this we're uh what did I title this again? Taking genocidal Mormons down to empathy town. <laughs> I just want to take you down to empathy town, boy. In logic town. Your title game is amazing. Yeah. No. Oh, thank Do I you. Because I hope it's coming through how I intended. <laughs> You can't call me Laura for two hours without getting 2% condescension because you don't know how high this, <laughs> this this elevator goes in the condescension uh, tower that I've built. ...in their homes. We've seen what the Taliban do to their people and the minorities. We're currently seeing what Muslim forces in Sudan are doing to the Masalite population. There is in Islam doctrine that is dangerous, that is anti-minorities, and that is a fact. It's not a generalization. You pick up the Quran, and which I don't know if she's ever read the Quran from cover to cover like I did many times. And I, Lindsay has. He just had to oh, reach out and ask you. Jabra, when you make assumptions, you make an ass out of you and me. Taught from the Quran, she will discover that for herself. But I don't know if she has. Uh, projection, Your Honor. Did you discover yeah, that for no. yourself? I sure, I for sure yourself. didn't. Because it was the same as reading the Bible. It was all like, again, he's like, look at what's happening in Sudan. Okay, so we want to talk about what the US is doing in Congo. Like, again, like, let's be so for real. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about all of it then. But let's talk about all of it. But we don't talk like it is Islamophobic to present it as a deficiency in a religious group based on their religious text, presenting them as a monolith when they are billions and billions of people. Like, actual courage to do that because she doesn't want. To burst her own intellectual ideological bubble and that's the problem i find with many people like her many people on the left now during this week just this week an article came out in newsweek by a person from gaza he's a he's, his name is ahmed al-khatib khatib is a big gaza family and here his the title of his article hamas's western apologists have become hamas enthusiasts right and this is what's horrifying his his characterization when i read it is spot on i've been looking at Twitter, Facebook, the Arab discourse, the Palestinian discourse, it's horrifying. If Laura reads Arabic, she can go ahead and read it, uh, which I do. It's glorifying the Holocaust. It's glorifying the massacres of Jews. It's denounce it all day. I don't want to be associated with those people with a 10 foot pole. No, thanks. No. And that's, that's the whole thing. We were very specific in our videos that we do not support Mm -hmm. Hamas. And while we can See why they exist in space and time and why they make decisions that they make. We don't support that. And, and, and we are very clear in that. There's, yeah, if you were listening with the intellectual curiosity that he wants us to read the Quran with and come over and have our bubbles burst, if he expects that of us, he actually listened to those videos and he didn't take out anything that we actually said about what we believe yeah. about Hamas. He's going after what he's seen in like these extremist Twitter circles. That's a straw man. That has nothing cool. to do with you or me. So, and and that's kind of where I'm getting frustrated with this discussion. Is he has yet to address 
literally anything that we said, any, any point, like pull a clip, pull a 30 second clip. And then yeah. Yeah, dude. And, and because that is what we did. We pulled his clips of his exact words, explaining the situation and his beliefs regarding them. What he has done is he said, well, they're atheists. Here's somebody who hates atheists and what they wrote. Here's I'm, here's my history and a personal anecdote and then I'm going to call them intellectually dishonest because I'm going to assume that they didn't read the Quran. And then I'm going to, and, and that if they did, then they would believe exactly like how I believe, which is not a great argument to make about any, any book, let alone a religious text. And then, and then he's going to say, I read this article in Newsweek, not about anything that they said or did that they have had no part of, but I'm going to characterize them because of this article as being pro Hamas, even though they have been very explicitly clear in not being pro Hamas. Like that. And yeah, I've been on like Reddit boards and whatever he's saying. Yeah. All these straw men. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, again, it's just like, if he was really real about wanting to have a discussion, then discuss what we said, Re- mm-hmm. refute what we said, have a response to our response, but that's not what he's doing. That's not what he's yeah, doing. You want to hear a very, exactly. You want to hear a very like non-atheist thing that I, I believe, I believe in this, the spiritual idea of the ego being a very, very real thing that we all have a spirit within us. And you can debate all day long about like the actual physics and reality of that. But I think that we have a spirit within us and that ego that gets pricked is always guarding something within us that, that what has happened to us, our ego is always there. 20 steps ahead of us from what has happened to us in the past. And so I understand that I bring a sense of empathy that we all have these egos that we can't always see, but uh, other people can see in us. And I have friends yeah. and I have people in my life and I do everything that I can of when my ego is at the forefront and I'm being annoying and I'm being too like violent in my language. I want to be called out. I want to be told that like my ego is being too inflamed and there's something within me that, uh, that is, is putting out, um, my, my less than ideal, most highly conscientious self. And that's the kind of thing that I want to bring to conversations like this. When we're talking about deaths and massacres in the tens and tens of thousands at this point of what we, what we have been discussing, we have been calling, uh, people to reflect on what this means about our humanity and what we are trying to not turn a blind eye to. That's the entire, I was like, do I sound like an atheist? Do I just sound like somebody who just loves Hamas when I talk like that? Of course not. But when he talks like this, everything is, I'm sorry. I, I have a love for humanity and my love is to let people know that your ego is being pricked right now rightly so because you have something that is an incorrect opinion that is actually not affording you to connect properly with other human beings because of this this false self this false sense of self this facade it's not it's not okay and i love you too much jabra as one human being to another to just sit back and and i would expect anyone else to do that to me if they cared about me and and i'm i'm so glad you brought that up that that again i want us to like let's circle back that I don't honestly care if Jabra thinks highly of me or not, if he calls you Laura or me Laura or never knows our names. I, I don't actually care in the it's most just funny. Platonic, <laughs> I, whatever. My, I, anytime we should, just, that should be like double standard one. Laura. Um, yeah. But I don't actually care. What I do care about is that you have a platform and I have a platform and that we use that platform to discuss the things that we have deconstructed and how that plays out in the real world 
and yep. why like, like let's let's just for one minute let's let's us be real people are dying like this isn't about you or me or Jabra or I don't give a shit yeah I don't give a shit about yeah, being called the wrong name talk about the stuff what, like people are being massacred and 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 families are being massacred and there is rampant disease and fully two million people 90 percent of people in Gaza are now homeless and they're just burying they can't even bury people because they don't have access to places to bury them they're just putting them where the hospital was that was just bombed and 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 so at the end of the day again we we can really get in the weeds with Jabra about all of this all this language who's read the Quran who hasn't read the Quran um but but not once has he talked about the fact that children are dying that Nikki babies were left to rot in a hospital and that at the end of the day, I don't actually care what Steve or Jabra or anyone else on that panel thinks about me and the positions I took, because what was important to me and what was important, I think, to both of us in making that series is that if you have a platform and you are witnessing atrocities and genocide and ethnic cleansing, and you don't make every effort to talk about it and elevate it and educate and, and use your voice to try to help somebody change their mind or think about it differently or even just have them pause for a second um in in their support of what is happening then then what is the point of a platform then then what is that like that was the whole point and and so far we've seen jobber didn't get the point like like exactly. jobber didn't get the point he's more upset about the fact that we didn't think he's like super smartest the super smartest most brilliant person to talk about this subject or that we didn't give him enough deference or talk yeah. about his master's thesis enough. Like at the end of the day, I think your analogy is correct that just like the point, they are purposely missing it for these weeds of wanting to be right. Like I, I like he hasn't addressed our clips, he hasn't addressed what we said, he hasn't addressed what's happening to Palestinians. Like Jabra wants to be right. And 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 so he isn't engaging in what we were trying to do. And if, if that is what is most important to him, then he probably won't engage. And we probably won't be able to have a dialogue because, again, I, I don't care about being right. I care about babies not being murdered and dads not being murdered and moms not being murdered and hospitals not being bombed. Um, I Like being right, I don't. I've been wrong about Mormonism. I've been very, very wrong in my life. That can have, they'll probably happen a lot more times. Um, but I, like, he's lost, he's so much lost the thread of what we were even trying to do. It's like we're talking about two wholly different things. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about totally different things, is right. And again, if I was Steve at Mormon Book Reviews, no offense, Steve, one. I would at least if we're, if we're friends, like you say that we, <laughs> I'd correct him on my name, but also as somebody with a platform, yes, talk about the things that you care about, bring that to the forefront. I don't know how much longer he's going to go on this complaint about how he was perceived in he's out of the entire series. He's 30 minutes of, I think like four hours ish yeah, of, like of our series. Hours. Yeah. But I'm like, yes, we have a responsibility with this platform. I didn't make any money on those videos and I spent weeks and hours and over a month researching and editing those. And I just, yes, I feel it's like my responsibility because if there's something going on that looks like a genocide, walks like a genocide, talks like a genocide, it might be a genocide and I could be wrong. 
I could be wrong. I would rather stake my life to uh, doing everything that I can to talk about it and say that when that was happening, I was doing everything I can, which, which harkens back to his point about like that people, that the people like us that are like, just like super pro Hamas that we're like, there's, there's people like us who totally support Hamas and champion the Holocaust and everything. And one, absolutely not. If you watched any of our videos, you could not possibly thread as you could not play a clip. You could not even Frankenstein clips together to make us make no. that point for one. And second of all, the problem is if we're talking about a Holocaust, meaning like a genocide, meaning like an ethnic cleansing, that is what I do believe is happening right now. I think that is supported by the facts and that is what he is dodging. So the very thing again, that he is, he's accusing us of supporting, that is the very thing we want you to talk about. The very exactly. thing that we are here to discuss. I'm exhausted, but in the funnest way possible, because yeah. I feel like this is a spiritually uplifting moment where we are talking about the real shit, you know, Lynn's real shit. Okay. What happened in 710? And that's a fact. And it is spreading. And here is what what Ahmed, Ahmed, Ahmed Al-Khatib writes about people like Laura. And I'm going to turn my eye away from the camera for a bit. People gonna, like uh, Laura. Good thing that's not me. <laughs> I'll so this he one says, out. Who's uh, Laura? He talks about some what activists were doing in, in, in San Francisco. And then he said, soon after, an activist pulled me aside and fiercely scolded me, saying I should never talk about the rockets that Hamas is sending out to Israel, and instead immediately pivot to the suffering of Gazans and Israel's role in what's happening. So again, this is that logical argument, the fallacy I'm talking about. Hey, um, poor me against this big bad wolf. This has historically been the way with Hamas apologists who disguise themselves as pro-Palestinian activists. They have a pathological aversion to discussing the faults, problems, mistakes, and grave errors of Palestinian political groups, factions, and leadership that have plagued, plagued, emphasis on the word plagued, the Palestinian national projects with countless sitbacks. So the strategy was to pivot the conversation away from the group's actions and focus on Israel's reactions, the occupation and the plight of civilians. They it's, it's it's not that hard. Another great, great uh, Queen Herbie quote. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. Listen to me, Jabra. Super simple, okay? You don't need to pivot across anything. We can hold both of these things at the same time and say this is wrong to kill innocent civilians and this is wrong to kill innocent civilians for your political ends, for the, the ends justifying the means. Nobody is here saying that we need to pivot away from the atrocities that Hamas attack did, but we are asking Israel to have a lot more responsibility for the things that they are forwarding and doing because we can hold both of them. Both of them killing exactly. innocent civilians are wrong. The The rockets that Hamas has, I can talk about every single one all day long, where they went, what they exploded, who Hamas killed on October 7th. I could talk about that for endless hours and then could talk about every single dead body, every single thing. And then I could spend 55,000 hours talking about everything that has also been done by Israel. Every, uh, you know, smart rocket that they have sent out, everyone that they have purposely uh, bombed, every hospital, everything that, that, that Israel has done. I could do both. And it's not, I, I, I don't feel any, uh, what's, what's he trying to do? He's like, it's like, I, I, I'm not intellectually honest enough to do both. I could do both all day long. The problem is that if I did that, Israel would not even compare to the atrocities that Hamas has done since October 7th, if that's where you want to start. That's the problem. 
Yeah, exactly. Am I that's, wrong? And that's, that's a, no, that's and that's the thing is he wants again. They want to emphasize October seventh. He keeps bringing it up because that is where he wants the focus to be is October seventh. Not not what happened this summer. Not what happened uh, like nine years ago. Not what happened fifteen years ago. We're going to focus on October seventh. That's the day history started for this topic. As far as he wants the audience to be concerned, and and and, and like you said, that that's the thing is. He's care. He, again, he wants to characterize Laura, who doesn't exist. I know we were joking. Like, perfect. Laura yeah. Doesn't exist. I'm like, he, I'll send this one made, out. He's made this character of someone not addressing anything we said, any position we took in these hours and hours and hours where we very clearly he goes laid to something else about this straw man about other people. Talk. Yeah, someone yeah, in my San email. Francisco said yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah, someone in San Francisco said, don't talk about the political parties. That's really funny because Jobber talked about the political parties and said they were all like Hamas, which I said was a logical fallacy because that is not accurate. And 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 so like that that's the thing is he is the one who said all the political parties were like Hamas. Like when I said no, there's a lot of nuance there. And and so saying that is a mischaracterization of Palestinian politics. And and so again, like he has created this straw man, Laura. She's not real. I don't know who she is. We've never talked to her. Yeah, that's insane. But he also, has wanna... absolutely destroyed Laura so many times. Destroys Laura. Good job, Jonathan. Um, I wanted to ask, how is Lindsay's feed coming in right now? I saw it was breaking up for just a second, but I think you came through okay. Laura, Laura and I, we are of one heart and one mind and dwell in righteousness. Laura exists somewhere <laughs> in the universe in between our two hearts and spirits. I also wanted to highlight, um, Genevieve wrote why people think we don't hold multiple things within us. Often conflicting is emotional immaturity. Again, I don't, none of, I, I knew going into this that I just wanted to have like a call to empathy. And this is not me trying to like defend myself. I know that we were going to have some fun just being surprised by some crazy things they're going to say, some logical fallacies or whatever. But truly this, a lot of things he's saying is just a reflection on where he's been, what he's gone through that doesn't actually give him the uh, authority that he thinks that it does to speak eloquently. And with this authoritative response on what we're saying, it, it's not doing the thing he's think it's doing. It's actually doing the thing that he's accusing us of doing, which is having this lack of emotional depth and mature immaturity. So I hate to somebody who already has like a, I would call kind of an ego problem to begin with is probably not going to like this video existing on the internet. He might not want to be on my program again, but that's just me calling a spade a spade. I think no. you, uh, I think you're not really doing the thing that you think you're doing there, Jabra. No, I would say it's, it, there is some interesting symbolism. I was raised Mormon, so I think symbolism is interesting. There is some interesting symbolism in that he's made this straw man, Laura, and he is projecting these things that obviously were hurtful to him that we didn't say, but that he perceived we were saying. And so mm -hmm. he is projecting those onto this straw man, Laura. Anyway, I just think that's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Precisely. Precisely. Kai wrote... Kai we can also count. We can see drone footage and satellite images. Those aren't subject to opinion. That's perfect. Exactly. We can, there, we can uh, like we've mentioned, we can know so much. The, the numbers that people want to discount, like Biden's like, I don't believe those numbers. Those are Hamas numbers. But as things have happened in wars previous, not just 
this again, this didn't start on October 7th. There's a lot of times where uh, the numbers of dead Palestinians are, are reported on the daily basis and that between the UN numbers and uh, as time has borne out over the decades, I have looked into this thoroughly because I don't want to quote numbers. If it is just like some inflated Hamas number, like <laughs> that, 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 that's a possibility. Sometimes people in war use propaganda. I'm not calling out anyone cough Israel, but I, I understand that's a possibility, but as it is borne out over time, um, if anyone wants to disagree with me and you have different conflicting evidence, I have seen that the numbers that are usually reported as these, uh, as these death counts come, they're actually pretty accurate and pretty reflective of yeah. the carnage that's happening on the ground. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Multiple agencies. It's like up to like, I was reading about it just yesterday, like seven or eight agencies have confirmed that it's like a really good estimate is 20,000 dead Palestinians. And so that's, that's using numbers from multiple organizations that we view exactly. as responsible organizations. So. Exactly. And again, we can see a lot of things with our own eyes. I can see, I can see why those numbers would be so high when we see entire city blocks just level. Yeah. Well, 70% of North Gaza has been demolished. So, I mean, yeah, like 20,000 people that when you see the maps of the destruction, I, like, I feel like, and we know that not two and a half million people more. live there. Yeah. Yeah. And again, do you think that I want those numbers to be high? I was like, who do you think no. that I am? Do you think that people like you and me who just go around and we just hope that these numbers are so high because we just want Israel to to have a ceasefire so that Hamas can come in and destroy them. There's no situation in which Hamas, like uh, with, with Israelis defense technology is backed by the U S against Hamas. Um, Hamas is like, it is a resistance group, a terrorist organization, technically. Yes. Within an occupied territory. It's not a sovereign nation. It's not a nation that no. has access to the type of arms and military that Israel does. So of course these numbers are going to be completely no. disproportional of, for one and two do you think i just we just walk around hoping these numbers are as high as they are i yeah, hope so no. sincerely that when when things are said and done in years from now we can look back and i hope to god that uh they overestimated these numbers and these people were found safe and happy and with a full meal in their belly that's not yeah. gonna happen but like that that's no, what i what, would hope would happen what kind of psychopath like that's the other thing too is i'm like what kind of psychopaths hope more people die like for what end? Like, no, that's just every death is an absolute tragedy. Why would you want more of that? Like, mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just, and it's, I feel like that's like this really, um, I don't know, like uh, bias, but then unfair assumption that he would think we would want that, that, that we mm -hmm. would want more people to be dead. Like, I wouldn't assume that about him, but he is not mm -hmm. gracious enough to do the same. He is gracious enough to at least give us a female name. He recognizes that about us. He knows that much. There you go. But that's they important. I mean, in more that's essential, essential characteristics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of Hamas as a contributing factor in the overall degradation of Gazans' living conditions and erased how the group's choices and actions brought war, death, and destruction upon its people. I was always troubled, so a few explicitly told me not to air out people's dirty laundry 
And I've heard that personally many, many times. And that it would be better to maintain oh a God. veneer of unity oh and keep God. the focus on Israel. And that veneer of unity, we are a society, we Palestinians, we love Christians, we love Jews, we love, we're, we're all united, but we're not. That is a fact. Because I know the minute Hamas takes over in Gaza, then they will turn that same violence against those 1,000 Christians who now they are mourning and are in solidarity with. And I'm then sorry, says, I'm sorry. Uh, gonna, I don't uh, think Jabra knows way. anything for a fact. No offense. <laughs> the facts I you've already said that you know. I'm sorry. So there were Christians, like, just correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm way off base here. But so there were Christians in Gaza under Hamas. In fact, they had churches. They had Catholic churches. They had lots of churches. They had rescue missions. They had schools. They had refugee camps. Lots of Christians lived in Gaza. Um, and Hamas didn't uh, destroy them. And Hamas has been in power since 2006, approximately, yes, when they were elected. Um, and so they didn't destroy the Christians that were in Gaza up until that point. Correct? Yeah, like they were, they still existed. They were still there. Um, but Israel has come in and, in fact, sniped people at Catholic churches and killed Christians who were Palestinians. Like, just to be really clear about what has right. happened, um, Hamas didn't. Like we're so his, his like his whole assumption like if Hamas is in power there'd be new Christians Hamas was in power we don't it's not hypothetical they were in power and there were Christians um, but mm -hmm. then Israel came into Gaza and has sniped Christians so just like just to be really clear assumptions assumptions mm -hmm. and then I'm gonna go with um, black and white thinking I think that's yeah. I think that's where I'm narrowing well, that one down. Ignoring of said, facts. Yeah, I know dodging facts. Said, yeah, I know Jabra said he's not conservative, but I've heard conservatives make that argument that well, if yeah. if Israel doesn't just annihilate Gaza, then Hamas could be in power and they're gonna come for the United States. Like Hamas has a like a tunnel to South Carolina or something. And like it it it's this it's this scare tactic. And it's a scare we've used like we talked about propaganda. This is a fear tactic that was used with terrorists for people in the United States for decades now that, well, if we don't absolutely destroy the country of Iraq and kill 300,000 to potentially a million civilians, then they're going to come attack us, even though they like didn't attack us. It, it's this fear that, you no, know, we absolutely have to destroy them, destroy their society, or they could maybe attack us. And it's mm -hmm. a very U.S.-centered perspective, not borne out in fact. Um, but yeah, him saying like that, that they would destroy the Christians, they're Christian Palestinians. They were a minority. They absolutely were a minority. And I'm not saying they didn't face any oppression. But what I am saying is they did exist. And now that Israel has come in, they are getting shot. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. And again, echoing back to your fantastic point about how when people don't always have access to civility and it would it honestly it goes back to also the the last video with the guy making that joke about how uh, people are just supporting Hamas like he's a boyfriend that like you don't understand him when he's with me and it's like oh yeah I'm sure he loves you gay queer feminist with your purple hair and don't realize that if you were in Palestine right now they would have your head on a spike that kind of that kind of argument and rhetoric you know there's one of my very favorite TikToks yeah. I have seen ever is this one girl who's yeah. responding to somebody who's saying like 
Did you know that if you were in, uh, if you were in Gaza right now, you couldn't wear a bikini? And this girl responds, it has like a million views. And she's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. If I was in Gaza right now, I couldn't wear a bikini? Okay, no human rights for you then. I need to wear, just, it was, it's a perfect response. I'm not even doing yeah. justice to it. But this whole idea that like, uh, I need to have the exact ideas of what my human rights are here in America. I want the people who have been uh, under this type of occupation and oppression who haven't had this access to civility to act in this certain way. And I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold the atrocities that have been committed against them for generations. I'm going to hold that against them as me as a white American, that they do not live up to my standards that so I'm saying even in the worst case scenario, let's say Jabra is right. I love to just like play it through. I love this line of argumentation. Yeah, yeah. I used to do this when I listened to Gavin McGinnis. Gavin McGinnis taught me this. <laughs> it's this idea of play it through. Okay, I'm going to go with your logic for a second. Let's even go with your logic, Jabra, and say that this, the Palestinians get their own state. And the first thing they do is they massacre all of the Christians. I think every single person will rightly say Hamas. That is a horrible terrible terrorist yeah. organization type thing for you to do. You need to go to a war crimes tribunal and every single one of those need to spend the rest of their lives in prison. It's not a hard discussion yeah. that that shouldn't be something that no. would happen whatsoever. So even if that did happen, I wouldn't say that the Palestinians shouldn't have a state. I would say they shouldn't be governed by Hamas anymore. It's, it's pretty clear delineation. Yeah. To me. It's well, and we talked about in one of these videos, if our, if our standard is you don't meet what we think is an adequate level of human rights or like of, of civil rights, then you don't deserve human rights. Then I've got a big problem for like all of the super conservative evangelicals of Idaho um, because they don't think mm -hmm. that I should have reproductive rights. They don't think I should have access to birth control. They were trying to get rid of libraries. They're trying to get rid of public schools. So do they deserve human rights or not so much? If mm -hmm. that's our standard. They don't I'm like just, gay people I'm either. They don't want gay yeah. marriage. They don't, they don't want my bias walking around. They, they, they have been very clear about that. So like, they don't want us to have pride events. So again, if that is the standard, then what are we doing about the conservatives in Idaho? Do they get human rights too mm -hmm. or not so much? Or is that only if it's people in another country who have brown skin? And, th and then you feel more strongly about them not deserving human rights. It's the religious fundamentalism. It's the nationalism because I'm putting on my old conservative brain. If I didn't already prove myself by quoting Jordan Peterson and Gavin McGinnis in one podcast, oh I don't know what else I need to do, yeah. you guys. But the 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 idea that like everything you just described, Lindsay, like no, we're we're for my freedom. We are for the 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 best and most like liberal uh, liberty and and freedom and all of the things that we love in this society and don't you understand Lindsay that your bisexuality is a deterrent from you actually living up to what you need to do to live on this covenant yeah. land so everything you just mentioned abortions everything that liberals want anything that anything that just like not what the christian fundamentalists not what the christian nationalists of america want it's that yeah. argument that like in my Christian, in my old conservative brain, I made the argument. I don't know if you did too. Where it's like, no, everything you just said is actually not for your good or your benefit. And you think that you're expressing yourself and your freedom, but what you're actually doing is putting yourself in bondage and our entire country in bondage. And that's why we have to make these laws so that you can't do those things because you're dragging yourself down. It's for your own good. It's for your own good. It's the exact same thing as any other yeah, religion. Really 
swap it out with a different holy text. It's the same type of like, my exactly. God, right or wrong. Yes, exactly. But then, Freedom is the last thing on their mind. To, we never seem to get to the point where we make the argument that when Christians do that, they don't deserve human rights. But when Muslims do that, then they don't deserve human rights. Like that, that always is where we get to in that argument. And that is the basis of that argument. Uh-huh. Troy wrote, blurry Laura gave away the game. She used to buy one. <laughs> oh, am I blurry again? Oh. No. All right. Uh, he says, and this is a significant line, and this is what Laura was doing. I was always troubled by such recommendations, rife with inauthenticity. They also marginalized me, an actual Gazan inexplicably demanding that I conform to the opinions and beliefs of privileged Western activists detached from what the people in Gaza actually feel about Hamas and other Palestinian groups and leaders. This is the fact. This is Just a quick note. What the people of the Palestinians actually feel about Hamas. You know what? I have done some reading on the polls of uh, the, what, 75th anniversary of the Nakba earlier this year in June. There was a poll of like thousands, I think 20,000 at least uh, Palestinians about what their views were for the future, what they thought about Hamas, what they thought about if they wanted a one nation, um, they wanted what borders they wanted, every single question under the sun. And um, I actually did read all of that polling stuff. I actually ended up cutting it out of my videos, but I'm interested in knowing what Palestinians have to say and what they actually want. And I know for sure the number one thing that they want completely is they want their land back. They want their land and they don't want to be uh, removed from their land. They have a lot of different opinions on, again, intifadas and different resistance groups and who should be in charge, what kind of nation state and sharing with Israel what they want. But they don't want to be genocided. They don't want to be killed and they don't want to be removed from their land. They want the same things that all of you and I want. So I have read, I have done as much research as I can and the polling data bears out that they do not want to be bombed and moved to Egypt. They don't want to be moved to a different country. They want to be in their home homeland that they've lived in for generations longer than uh, the Jews have when they came a knock in. I know that much. And I spoke with friends of mine, Arab Christian friends from Nazareth and from other places in Israel, and they share with me the same, same feelings. They don't want to go out and air it. And I think that's wrong. I think more of us should come out like Ahmed, come out and, and talk about these things because they are real. But Laura, can continue to live in her intellectual bubble and criticize people like me. And uh, I'm not criticizing you, Jabra, except for this this episode. Uh, it's not personal. We had not criticized him at all. Yeah. Oh darn. My intellectual bubble, though. He's he's really got the straw man of this Laura girl. I'm glad that I came across an intellectual. I dropped out of UVU, so that's about what I'm all about. Um, I'm a comedian who's just a curious person and I want to be corrected when I'm wrong. That's who I am. Anyway. Uh, and, and do whatever. Now, just, just to be a quick, real quick. Uh -huh. so, uh, Kara is the name of the host and Lindsay oh, is Kara. the... Woo! We made it! Oh, what is that? Like Steve, it only took you 25 minutes. minutes. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for jumping in there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Sure we have the names right. Okay. Yeah, and 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 uh, I mean, you look at Yemen, you look at Syria, you look. I mean, half a million people, Assad killed half a five hundred and thirty thousand million thousand people were killed in Syria. Uh, probably, uh, uh, I think about forty percent of them were children. Uh, I don't know. 
Do we hear anything about it? Did people go out and demonstrate against it anywhere, anywhere in the world? No one did it. The Masalit are being killed in Sudan right now, right now. Yesterday, there was an article that said that basically the situation in Sudan is, is on the edge of the disaster. Uh, how many demonstrations in the Arab world have we seen? Uh, has Laura talked to any of the Masalit? We have many of them here in Utah. She He's talk. still correct and he still calls me Laura. Another thing that I brought up in the video that I had to cut out was we've talked a little bit about how this war is different than other wars and we have cell phone cameras now and the every war is unique. Every conflict is unique and the Palestinian struggle for the rights to remain on their land has been going on for 75 years. And so this is a longstanding struggle. And when you combine that with the access to media and technology and people being able to get out what is happening on the ground in ways that they haven't in previous wars and previous times, if there's anybody in any kind of struggle and there is a camera and there is a, an ongoing struggle and it actually is pretty clear cut about these uh, Western imperialist colonial powers that have been uh, 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 occupying a territory and removing people from their land violently for 75 years. That is a different story than other places. But if, if that story is told to me and I can understand it just as, as, um, clear cut as I understand, uh, as best as I can, the, the Israel Palestine conflict. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to talk about it. And it, it's, it's especially, uh, necessary when there's disproportionate uh, uh, numbers and bombings and killings. And it has to do with my my former Zionist beliefs in ways that other conflicts perhaps do not. So let's well, let's let's have some delineation. Let's have some nuance. Let's let's put things in the right categories. But if you're if you're looking at us as people who are just heartless, who only want to just be like leftists who want to stand up for Hamas because we just like love their terrorism, that's that's a straw man that has nothing to do with us or what we the empathy and the humanity that we've tried to get across in our podcasts. Well, and it's not us. So about, let's talk about like Jabra wants to talk about facts. Let's talk about facts. Let's talk about why people are so focused on what is happening in Gaza. First of all, because there is no army in Gaza. It's not it's not an independent state. And so mm -hmm. it is in this apartheid state. So first of all, you have, you don't have two armies fighting, which is very unique. You have one army and a group of vastly majority civilians. Also in this conflict, you have 70% of the people who've been killed so far are women and children, which is wildly disproportionate to what we typically see in conflicts like this. Usually exactly. it's 40%. And so and it should be so criticized. Um, Israel's forces have killed more children in Gaza than the number of children killed in all the world's conflicts over an entire year. So that that's pretty shocking. That's why people are in the streets. That's why this is so um, upsetting for so many people. Um, let's see. In fact, the death toll for Gazan children now standing at more than 7,800. 7, They've killed almost the same number of children as those killed in all the world's wars over three years combined. So again, so many children, like people are watching because so many children are dying. Because um, it's a, it's an ethnic cleansing and it's a genocide. It's a, yeah. it is, again, it is something that is different than other wars and the reasons for other wars because it is a specific, uh, like claim to land that has been an ongoing battle that, that, that is why we are seeing the numbers, the disproportionality that we are seeing the number of the death toll of children being so high. It's because it is the thing that people are saying that it is, it is, it is the, uh, actually 
bearing the fruits of what Netanyahu and his government have been saying, okay? That is what they have been saying that they have wanted to do and that they are doing. There's Israeli flags all over the West Bank and all over parts of Gaza that are bombed right now. There are people and uh, there's Israelis and soldiers going into Gaza right now, like I played in our last video, saying our our mission here is to uh, expel and to settle. That is the thing. It is a settlement. You have to kill a disproportionate amount of people and children to have that type of settlement. So no, it, it is not this, uh, why are we not calling out these other wars in these other time periods? No, The numbers no, it, are it, the way that they are because they are the thing that we say that they are. It's, it's, a, it's a, at the cleansing, it's a genocide. Go it's on. so shocking. Like if you want to bring up Yemen, let's talk about Yemen. Yemen, um, the amount of kids killed in Yemen over the seven and a half year war is half the number of Palestinian kill, kids killed in two months. So if we want to talk about Insane. Yemen, let's talk about Yemen. But that was the amount of kids killed in seven and a half years. That includes disease. They had cholera. They had dysentery. This is just bombing. This is just straight up bombings and sniping. This is not, the disease factor hasn't even set in yet. The, the, so the lack of water hasn't even set in yet. We want to talk about Syria. Jabra, you want to talk about Syria? Let's talk about Syria. Um, in the 12 year long civil war, they averaged seven deaths a day of children. In, in Gaza, there is 160 kid deaths per day average. So it's, it's the proportion, Jabra. It's the proportion that in the amount of kids that died in Syria in 12 years in a civil war, we will lose that same amount of Gazan children in nine months, Jabra. So you want to talk about why are we talking about this particular war? Because it's so atrocious. Because it's shocking and horrifying. And the numbers, the scale of death is unprecedented in the last century's wars. And that's, that's why people are protesting, because like you said, this is an ethnic cleansing and a killing on a scale that we haven't seen in decades. That is why people are talking about it. So let's be so for real, Jabra. About, you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. And let's bring actual facts. I don't have to talk about an anecdote about a friend I talked to. We have numbers, Jabra. Mm-hmm. I have to take off my fake eyelashes soon because I'm going to cry. That was so no, perfectly yeah, stated and well this said. Is, this is long, long. I have to still have dinner. I haven't had dinner yet. I should eat food. Mm-hmm. You just tell me when you want to wrap up. But yeah, wow. Thank you, Lindsay, for sharing all that. That is the perfect response in this response video where we are playing clips and responding. I know. Like, it's a response video, Jabra. Come on. Girl, you did skin. a perfect like, response. Girl, I think skin. I'm so sorry. Like, it's 2023. If you're going to be online, you've got to have a thicker skin, Jabra. Mm-hmm. Talk to them. Uh, but no, let's focus on the Israeli-Palestinian thing and blame Israel for the problems of the Arabs. Now, here is something that Kara, I'm sorry, I keep saying Laura, Kara needs to learn from history. Reagan in the 80s, there was, I mean, he was this Western guy, and I don't know if Reagan understood really the what the Taliban were about. But I remember being yeah. in college, and all of a sudden we'd have Qurans show up on campus being given to college students to encourage them to go to jihad in Afghanistan against the Soviets. And I picked one of those Quran ones. I was at Yamuk University in Northern Jordan. And I pick up one of the Qurans and I flip to the back of it and it says printed in the USA. And I was, what the heck are Americans doing printed, printing Qurans and giving them to people? And you know, and, the, and of course, we know they enabled the Taliban, and then the Taliban lashed back. They hosted Osama bin Laden, and the rest is terrible history. And I think Laura and people like Kara and people like her uh, enable 
people like Hamas and Islamic Jihad. Oh and my ISIS, God! And they are, who are counting on support from people like her. They are counting on it. because they. Also, just a real quick petty thing to say. You know who else Hamas is counting on support from? The president. <laughs> They're counting on Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who has been supporting and secretly facilitating for years Hamas. So he's been giving him, guess you didn't know, uh, uh, suitcases of money. He's saying that the best uh, thing for the Israeli state to move forward is by supporting Hamas. So uh, actually, I think Hamas counts on the the leader of Israel right now. Okay. Whoa, whoa. But he's he's counting on us. He's counting on us. Laura Kara. Oh God. Um, I love so much. I'm I'm wildly Hit in me. love with this last statement. I love how he gave Reagan the benefit of the doubt that Reagan mm-hmm. didn't really know about who Al Qaeda was. Like these, Oh my God! Are you kidding me? Reagan knew exactly what he was doing because totally. Reagan, one of the worst presidents of all time. But he knows his conservative audience, so he's not going to say that. So he's going to cover for Reagan because Reagan was a bro. Um, but he's going to cover for Reagan that maybe Reagan doesn't know, didn't know about jihad, um, when he was doing all of the very strategic things he was doing to enable Al Qaeda. Um, but this is just a historical, you, yeah. <laughs> you, Laura Kara, you with your YouTube channel, you are actually enabling jihad. You're enabling Al Qaeda. Like it's you, they're counting on your support, Laura Kara, like Reagan one of the most powerful people in the U.S., we got to give him a pass. He didn't know. He was kind of old. But Kara, you, you are the one. (laughs) We've mentioned in our previous podcast the ways in which the U.S. government has specifically, whether you want to talk the CIA, a million different ways. I That's one of my favorite things that I wish I could talk about instead of Mormonism is I would just talk about the CIA and I would talk about the ways in which the U S government has propped up foreign dictators or the people that they wanted in power or Osama bin Laden. I could, we could talk about that endlessly about the church. Sorry, not the church. They're the same thing about the U S government. I'm sorry. Like it's, it's a real shelf cracking moment when you realize the atrocities that you've seen happen around the world, the ways in which that your government has armed the powers and uh, you can you can make the argument that whoa things got out of control but baseline our our government uh reagan so wait say that again reagan didn't know what he was doing he's just a baby he didn't know yeah oh reagan that is what a choice i have i have that was one of the another surprise i'm entertained i'm surprised (laughs) that was epic (laughs) They they appeal to emotions. They appeal to you know the heart and the sleeve and you know people like her who are not willing to look into the data and the evidence, and understand and seek understanding. Like listening to voices like mine and having have a discussion about it. No, no, they they enable terrorism. We enable terrorism because we won't listen to voices like his. Whoa! And again, you said you wanted to debate me, Jabra. You have my email, but you did this instead. Uh... Okay. I didn't know yeah. that just making a react video to Jabra was enabling terrorism, but he sure told me. He explained uh-huh. that very well. With an emotional appeal about Korans and how he was so upset that the U.S. was printing Korans, but he's not about emotional appeals. He's about data, facts, anecdotes. Yeah. And if it's an emotional appeal like I did in the last video, 
that got demonetized because I had a dream about how I should edit that. And I said, my dream said to me, Kara, you know, this video, this is your third and final one. And you have seen some of the most atrocious, horrendous things um, on the internet. And I don't want to look away. I want to be as educated as I can. I want to see what's happening on the ground. I want to know the stories of what is happening to this disproportionate number of children who are being bombed. And I wanted to play as many of those hospital clips of children screaming. I wanted, and so that's an emotional appeal because those are the facts on the yeah. ground are just an emotional appeal. Then call me an emotional appealer because you should have something in you that appeals to the emotion of I this disproportionate amount of children uh having amputations happening without anesthesia with flies and maggots crawling out of people's wounds because they can't get treatment children screaming for their parents if that's an emotional appeal fine i would say how can you sit here and call what is happening an emotional appeal when people have a reaction to it like that's really what he's saying is he's saying they have a reaction to watching these atrocities and so they're making an emotional feel. Why don't you have a reaction? Why don't you have a reaction? Like, that's not mm -hmm. an emotional feel. That is a human empathizing with the plight of another human that's facing ethnic cleansing and genocide and atrocities. And like, if you're not feeling emotional about that, I don't know what to say. I can't teach you how to care about other people. I can't do that. Yeah. And may I use another thing that's going to just totally discredit me and get me canceled again by calling something else bullshit. I don't believe empathy is something that should just be bartered. I don't know no. what the hell happened in Jabra's life where he started the last podcast. Remember where he said that you, I'll play it at the end so that people know that I'm serious about my thumbnail, about what he said that we need to care about the Palestinian or we need to care about the Israeli yeah. children, uh, equal if not more we need to start with on october 7th if you don't start with what happened and what hamas did on october 7th if you don't start there then i just cancel those people is what he says i don't believe empathy should be a thing that should be bartered like that that's that's bullshit i don't know what happened in our society in people's minds where they think that that is the way that we we delineate out and and yeah our our empathy for people who deserve well, our compassion no i'm so sick i'm so sick after Gamergate and the dude bros and the Android tapes and the nagging. I'm so sick of the idea that feeling emotional about something, having emotions, feeling passionate, feeling strongly about something does not negate the validity of what you're saying. It does not negate. Like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Saying, I, I love that moment. Like feeling strongly about what I'm talking about does not negate or deflect away. It's not an emotional appeal. It is, it, it makes my argument more powerful because I am speaking as a human towards the human condition and, and trying to say that all of these discussions that involve human emotions, because we feel these human emotions, that, that isn't, that isn't an emotional appeal. That's a logical fallacy that is different than saying, yeah, this is really, really in like devastating how many people are dying. That's not an emotional appeal. That, that is discussing what is happening. And if you can't step, if you can't understand what is the logical fallacy versus feeling human emotions because you care about people and you feel empathy about people and what they are facing. Again, I like I, I I'm so past the time in my life where I care about people um, telling me that I must be wrong because I feel strongly about something or because I'm passionate mm -hmm. or because I cry. Like, no, mm -hmm. that, that doesn't hold any water anymore. Mm -hmm. Doesn't know Arabic, but I want her to just 
I want you to share a link of maybe Jason or I can share a link to the phone calls that were recorded by Hamas themselves. By Hamas, I don't know what to call them, thugs, idiots, fight, I mean, idiot is generous for them. But bragging, I listened to this call and I, I cried. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. This man called his mother and father bragging about killing Jews, killing Israelis. And there is this maniacal, psychopathic joy in his voice. Now, as an Arabic speaker, I, it, it just moved me in all kinds of negative ways and horrified me. And I even my body shakes when I think about it. And his parents actually are praising him, praising him. And I want her to listen to when Hamas leaders call themselves and everyone in Gaza, Masharia Shahada. They are martyrdom projects. They want those civilians to die. They encourage them to die. They tell them, they use this absolutely horrible word in Arabic, Shaheed. Um, I would listen to that and I wouldn't deny that there are absolutely Hamas fighters yeah. who have that type of vitriol and vengeance and hatred towards Jews. I would watch that and I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's Hamas fighters yeah. um, who talk and, and act like that. Um, but the difference is, is there's also plenty of Israeli like IDF soldiers who are singing and there's, there's concerts going on calling uh, Gazans the N-word. There are plenty of uh, things all across Israeli media, like we met into the last one, that are mainstream, that are mainstream on Israeli media calling for the genocide, <laughs> that there's no such thing as, as innocent yeah. Palestinians. That is, that's a mainstream yeah. thing with, with IDF soldiers. They're stripping down, uh, you know, innocent hostages who were just taken uh, as you know political prisoners they're stripping them down yeah. and and marching them around naked uh making them uh you know dehumanizing them in every every single way and i, I can call out both of those equally and say that, yeah. that both of those things are horrible and it's this conflation that that uh, that i support hamas because of something that he has a straw man that he has created so that does, yeah. that's not a reflection of of something i i could i couldn't listen to it's just it's um it's somebody else that he's talking about here. Yeah, I say I, that, that's what I was gonna say. Is like I don't, I can. I'm sure. I'm sure the Hamas leaders are terrible. I, I'm sure I think they were terrible. I, I don't doubt it. That doesn't take anything um, out of us to admit that. Like, can you say yeah, that, that about the Israeli leadership? Can you do that, Jabra? Like, I mean, that doesn't take anything I, out of me. You can also say the same thing about Israeli leadership. I think a lot of them are really, really terrible people who said terrible things about Palestinians. And so my question for Jabra would be: Can you say the same about both? Hamas leadership terrible. Exactly. Absolutely, probably, probably some of the worst people. Also, Israeli leadership. Can you say the same? Because I can. I have no problem. He wants to talk about like this intellectual honesty. This like let's call a spade a spade. Let's let's like look at this. Let's really look at this because I can look at both groups, both leadership groups, and be like, yeah, awful, awful, terrible human. And then also I can look at that and go, but also all these Palestinians don't need to die, and that's a choice at this point. Mm -hmm. That's a choice at this point. That is a choice. And again, we're talking about a resistance group that is probably saying some of the worst things and doing some of the worst things. And I wouldn't deny that. Right. But at the end of the day, they're a resistance group against the state of Israel, who is armed by the most powerful military in the entire world. So my tax dollars go towards one. Um, I have a, I have, I have a responsibility to stand up and say, there are so many people who are just turning a blind eye and giving this this hall pass, this get out of jail free card, this, you know, commit like one Holocaust has been committed against your people. All the rest of the genocides that you want to commit are now free punch card. Um, I don't want yeah. to play that game. I want it to be yeah. a never a never again type of situation.
So but never right, again one last, for anyone. Yeah. For anyone. Never again for not that hard for me to to, to say that. No. That's why we're taking genocidal Mormons down to Empathy Town. I don't know why. I don't know what else I'd have to say yeah. to, to get that through. All right. Um, one last clip. And nice. any okay, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, one more. Should we have one more? Yeah, and I just wanted to give everybody in the live stream one last chance to send in any super chats. Uh, that's the dollar sign button. And uh, appreciate everybody sticking with me in this chat right now. This has been a, a really fun exercise in uh, surprise. And yeah. and uh, I, I'm glad that we were able to do this uh, here yeah, in too. the end of December since we, we recorded our first video probably the end of October and then I edited it and updated it throughout. But things just keep happening and coming. So thank you, Lindsay, for, for joining me. If you guys want to support Lindsay, I can leave your links down below um, at the end of this yeah, video for people to Venmo you and support you on all your platforms. And another plug, yeah, for Super Chats. And I have a links down in my description right now on how to help fund and support my nonprofit and help me fund this equipment. I have to choose between either buying equipment for my next interviews or uh, making payroll and actually paying my bills and both need to happen. So just to, just to, if you have a couple extra dollars lying around that you want to offload at the end of the year, I'm your girl for that. All right. Thank you guys so much. Uh, brisket and ribs. Love you both. Thanks for doing this. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being thank in this you. chat. You've been such a, so many good yeah, comments. Good All right. Well, take us home, Jabro. <laughs> Give us something good. They're not shaheeds. They're not martyrs. They are victims of cruelty and just a, a regime that if, if it takes over, we'll have horror in the whole Middle East. She needs to understand that. And I'm sick of people like her enabling and babying Hamas and ISIS and, and just saying, oh, poor them, they live in an open air prison and all of that claptrap. You know, they don't. They, Israel blocked them. Israel is a sovereign state. They have a right to block their borders. We don't want you in. We're trying to do this here in the United States against Mexico, right? Now, not that I necessarily totally agree with that, but Israel is a sovereign state that needs to protect its borders. And Egypt is more than welcome as an Arab state to open its borders for poor people of Gaza to go out and trade and, and leave the open air prison. But Gaza, but Egypt, a fellow Muslim country. I think they bombed the Rafah border, if we recall. He is yeah. really having a lot of simplicity about this. It's just so easy. Just like get off the land so that we can build our condos in Gaza. Like, I don't exactly. know if you saw those memes that have been coming out. There's already they development Israeli. De Sorry, I'm talking over you, but there's yeah, no, so already Israeli development contractors who have put up plans and drawn up plans of what they want to build in Gaza with the rubble still being there. So, yes, we're going to call it an open air prison. Yes, we're going to call it a ethnic cleansing and genocide to uh, fulfill this expansionist view that uh, Israel has had from the very get go. So it's no, that's, that's far too simplistic. Yeah. Yes, we're going to call it an apartheid state because by definition it is. And I don't really by care definition. if that makes Jabra upset because experts, experts in apartheid call it an apartheid state. So I, exactly. I don't frankly care what Jabra thinks, to be honest. Like he, he can turn his nose up at that all day long. He's, he's doing that thing that we have talked about, <laughs> Laura and Kinsey. Um, he's doing that thing we've talked about where He's so focused on like, oh, they're so annoying and they're saying annoying words and that, 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 thanks so much, Sharon, that, that he isn't actually talking about what we're talking about, the open air prison, the concept, the, the apartheid. He isn't even talking about yeah, it. Yeah, debate he, on he, that fact. He doesn't like those words. And, and that, I, I mean, that is the most um, 
poetic representation of what this entire discussion alongside Jabra has been, is that he's putting up these straw men and then talking about how ridiculous it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I guess yep. we can end there. Yeah. That's always been one of my biggest frustrations. Uh, I, I truly have the value to be as honest as I can, as empathetic as I can, as yeah, just intellectually honest when it comes to the facts and, and hearing people out. And when we are talking about something this serious, I want to get to the bottom of something. And unfortunately I, I, it's sad that people can spend so much time on a, on a podcast, just kind of going after where their ego has been pricked instead of what the actual arguments are that being are being made. So if anyone is watching this and they have a problem with anything that I have said, please engage with, with what me and Lindsay have actually stated in this podcast and not a, a reinterpretation or a deflection or a straw man, please engage with what we have actually stated in this, um, in the comment section. Um, there's people who have just said some really horrendous things that I've had to delete in my comment section that like, Oh, Kara, I'm not surprised that you are for the X, Y, and Z graping and bling, 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 bling of, of Israeli yeah. women and children. I'm just like that. You can't, you can't get that out of anything that we said. So it's not something I'm yeah. going to keep up in my comment section, but Thank you guys for being here. Thank you, Lindsay. Any other last final parting words and any other intentions that you want to leave people with? Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm glad we could have this discussion. I was excited when I saw Jabra's comment. I was like, yeah, let's talk. Let's, like, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm interested in talking because um, I'm also interested in dialogue. Uh, just a plug for me, Socialistly Awkward on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, any support, any, you know, I'm just, just out here in Idaho, just, you know, trying to survive. Um, but yeah, no, I, I wish we could have had a discussion because I think there could have been some really interesting elements to what his perspective and what he brings. And so I am sad he didn't want to have a discussion. Um, and I mean, he knocked down an entire field of straw Laura's and I'm sure they're yeah. devastated. Uh, I don't know any of them and I don't, you know, never, straw Laura's, yeah, wherever you are. Oh, all the straw Laura's were just knocked to the ground. Um, but I, I, I enjoy engaging with you because of all these exercises in nuance and in, in hearing people out. And I think that's something coming away from Mormonism that I really wanted to cultivate in my life and that I admire in your channel and what you Thank do you. that, um, getting rid of this black and white thinking and really engaging with people and, and talking about these hard topics in a way that we try to have nuance and empathy and cultivate all of these these different things that I think are essential in having these difficult arguments that sometimes are dismissed. Um, so just thank you so much for having me on the show. And this was another, like, I always love talking to you. This is always a great time. So Always a great time when you're on as well. Um, if I missed anyone's comments, Bill mentioned you didn't show love for the super chat you sent well i'm showing you love now thank you guys i do appreciate everybody who is here in the chat i appreciate every viewer subscriber to this channel everybody on my patreon patreon.com slash nuance ho um i appreciate every single one of you thank you guys for being here and engaging in this discussion with us and last thing is uh somebody who troy wanted the thumbnail citation i wasn't able to play that clip but i left the it's not going to be helpful on the screen, but it's in the chat right now. I'll leave it in the description below. That's from our last video. And it's at about the 20, I can't read it from here. I think it's like the 28 minute mark. Yeah. 
it's around the 28 minute mark. If anyone wants to know where that citation is of where he said that we should pay more attention to the Israeli children and not the Palestinian ones so much. So again, I don't want to straw man anyone. If anyone feels like my thumbnail is, is unfair, anything that Lindsay and I said today is unfair. I, I welcome constructive feedback. Uh, I always trying to do the best that I can be in the nuance ho. So Lindsay, you're amazing. I'll let you go eat dinner now. Yeah, spend time with your you family. Too. Yeah. All right. You're great. Thanks so much for having me on. Love every guys. Bye.